Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cruel Classics. I'm your host, Superfan Giovanni. This is the podcast where we play the best moments, highlights, and fan-selected clips from all 14 going to 15 years of the Adam Carolla Show. If you love this podcast and just can't get enough, make sure to subscribe to our dedicated podcast feed, Carolla Classics. A bonus episode airs every Sunday, oftentimes tied to the Saturday episode. If you're not listening, you're probably missing out. If you'd like to make a request, please email us, classics at adamcarolla.com. You request it, I'll find it, I'll play it, we'll enjoy and we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Adam Carolla Corner, C-O-R-N-E-R. It's Carolla Clips and Classics. Subscribe. Watch some funny clips. It's fun. All right, let's jump into the episode. We have a very special guest once again joining us, Teresa Strasser. Come up. This is your final episode, Teresa. Wow. This is my final episode? Your final regular episode as a cast member. I thought it was earlier. I thought it was on an episode with a different guest. We thought it was Brian Posehn. Then we went back. Nope, it's not that episode. Which one is it? Which one's the final one? This is your final regular News Girl appearance. Simon Helberg, Big Bang Theory dude himself. Uh, solid episode. You did the news, and then you just never came back. You ghosted us, T. I am so sorry. I the, just... the ACS has a problem in the history of that, uh, except for the morning show when you guys finally did goodbye messages for everybody. Other than that, people just kind of go away. So wait a second. I didn't know that I was leaving. And there's I didn't not really, goodbye. I don't believe there's a really goodbye message in this one. It was, I think it was just, I think afterwards, Adam just says, you know, Teresa's going to be moving on because it wasn't discussed on air. It was something I heard behind the scenes in a room where Dawson freaked out. So nobody really knew it. Is it and too then, late? Is it too late for me to now say goodbye? I don't know. What would you have said? <laughs> I just would have said I'm so sad to be leaving and I wish I could continue on this pirate ship uh, journey with everyone and continue to set sail on these waters. And I'm sorry to be leaving and I hope I'll be welcome back frequently as a guest because this will always be my family. Oh, it's beautiful. I don't have anything funny or mean to say. All right. Adam Kroll Show 411, Simon Helberg, Teresa Strasser, and Brian Bishop. <laughs> From the International News Center, next to Donnie's Minibikes, this is the news with Teresa Strasser. Okay, one of the best stories about bullying, child, childhood bullies in a while, and I'm very, very curious to get your take on it. James Jones is the father of an 11-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. His daughter had been bullied on the school bus. Mm-hmm. Now his, this Hold episode. Black, yeah. black girl? Yes. Being bullied on a school bus? Hold what? on. Yes. Wow. Oh, it's so it's so evil and twisted and yet so awesome. I mm-hmm. can't I've decided that I would like to pay this man's legal fees cuz that's how much I love really? him even though he did the wrong thing. Right. He clearly did the wrong thing, but I can't help I love him so much it's irrational. Mm-hmm. So his daughter is 11 years old. Um, mm-hmm. she'd been bullied he did not know that when he went on the school bus to confront the bullies that he was going to be taped, right? So sure. now he's uh, he, he used some obscenity, mm-hmm. and he's been charged with disorderly conduct and disturbing a school function. Yeah. Here's the thing, okay? Well, should I play? Well, these school buses have now become con ground. Yeah. Which is a little, little twist on con air. But, I mean, yeah. if you think about it, with all the white flight and all the fucking folks that, uh, you know, Dr. Drew's kids aren't taking Sorry. a school bus. Anara. Yeah, there you go. Hell no. no so I'm- now it's just a bunch of fucking kids from fucked up families and fucked up school systems being dragged around in a can with no headrest or seatbelt and somebody with cataracts driving the thing who can't control them. And they're all just the worst of the worst oh, going at it. Listen, right? I, this is I'm a kid who rode the Greyhound and I'd be terrified 
to get on one of these school buses because I, I'd be terrified to put my child because your right. child's so vulnerable. You're an eleven year old, okay? Right. There's there's a, a driver. Right. There's a bus full of these kids who, in this case, they're going to put a guard in the back of these buses, right? Well, they already have the camera, right? And because there have been so many fights, you know, amongst kids. Now, this eleven year old, his daughter, had been physically abused by the other kids. She'd had condoms thrown at her. She'd been made fun what? of. It's like being in prison. It's it's, it's like, like being in a, of, a prison. It's like riot. Silence of the Lambs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, here's the place. the lotion in the basket. Yeah, right. Now, already, if my 11-year-old daughter is being harassed to this... And by the way, 11 is old enough to know know better. Right. For what these kids are doing. Okay. I'd already want to pull the... Whether it's right or wrong, I I understand the urge. Right. Now, imagine your 11-year-old daughter has cerebral palsy. Oh, for the love of Christ. Okay. So, here's what he... He couldn't take it. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear him asking the daughter to point out, like, okay, you show me. And we'll have a talk. Diary of a mad black man on a bus. If it were. Goodbye. Hey, hold up. Hold up. Yeah, everybody sit down. Everybody sit down. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. Now, now. Well, I'm, 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 I'm a tired guy. I don't care if you don't speak English or nothing, but my daughter get on this bus and a mother with her. And now this is your shit. I'm a you know, Show me which one. Show me which one. That's a regular Jim Corolla. Poor gray-haired bus driver. Don't know what to do. People are going to stop saying police. I mean, it's really. I, didn't they go out to Keystone Cops? Like, call the police. Like, it's, it's a weird. I feel like they're ah, ask and, and police. So they're the last two hurdles. Right. Linguistically, once, to get pa- done, once they get past listen, that. Listen, I already we'll got the black fine. president. We got two little. These two are dotting, little dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Police and ask. And then we're done. Everything's better. Yes. Right? Uh, Every damn night. I'm just saying, <laughs> as far as, you know, having a dream, <clears throat> dream completed when they stop going police. Right. Like, if I could get That's Donnie That's how you'll to, know that they've reached, the, they've reached the promised land, like Martin Luther yep, King spoke of. That's what you know. He stumbled upon the right strategy at the end of that clip. What yeah. he should have done was taken the bus driver aside. Hey, can I come out here and talk to me for a second? Yes, that would have been the right thing. If my thing. daughter comes home and complains about this one more time, I'll fuck you I'll up. I'll kick the shit out of you. you should have gone Goodfellas route on him. Right. Yes. Like with the mailman. Remember, if this if another truancy note comes home to this boy's home, right. it's, it's coming back on you. Right, Goodfellas oh, style. Yeah. But again, these fucking bus drivers, I mean, who would have thunk it? You know, I mean, they're 70-year-old Floridian retirees and they're just trying to make an extra buck and all of a sudden they have to carry pepper spray and zip ties you know he's got to go he went to the driver if anything happens to my daughter I'm going to fuck you up and everybody on this expletive I'm we not all sure love that and then this you is and my I daughter. love this passion this is my daughter and I will kill the bitch who fought her 
I love this. I love this yeah. man. James I do Jones, too. you're my hero. Anybody who had, uh, listen, listen, I, you know, it, it, you always talk about, well, you know, my dad was an alcoholic or my dad was abusive or my dad played the ponies or he liked the ladies and blah, 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 blah. Did a little storefront preaching. I'm starting to sound like uh, Papa's a Rolling Stone, but the point is this. All of it better than flatlining. Ugh. Anything better than, huh? What, what? do you want? Who are no. you? No. Mm, and nothing. Dad, I'm getting bullied on the school bus. Uh, mm. No, these kids are throwing condoms at me. <laughs> and I have cerebral palsy. Mm. No, it's really getting bad. I'm being mm. bullied like every day. The bus driver is this old guy who like won't even respond. He's totally helpless. Huh? The teachers refuse to intervene. Yeah, hold My on. Principal I was told thinking about Gurdjieff. Gurdjieff, yeah. it's yeah. an Indian. Just, look inside. Dad just flatlining and tuning out everything. Yeah. <laughs> so when 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 a parent of a of when the son of a flatliner or the daughter of a flatliner hears this kind of like I'll kick your ass like I, 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 I believe me I'm sure he's getting drunk and beating the shit out of his girl his girlfriend or something in front of his cerebral palsy daughter or whatever at some point like like believe me when the guy's got energy he's got energy I'm sure there's a downside to it somewhere but God bless him here's the thing though what if you, a good man can be his switch can be flipped by somebody fucking with his 11 year old mm-hmm. handicapped daughter yep you know what I mean? I mean, I would go on that bus and rip the head off some fuckers that yeah. did not know how to behave themselves. And by the way, the parents of these girls who are abusing this 11-year-old have a punch in the face coming to them. Well, listen, all you know, I, I know I've, you've heard the story before, but uh, we were just talking about me riding the unicycle over there and dance with the stars. I mean, my, my mother's got that same gene when I, and I'll make it fast, but <laughs> broke my shoulder when I was... 11, uh, rode around on my unicycle with a big cast on. Uh, finally, I got sidelined. My mom said, no more riding the unicycle with your cast on. My buddy uh, Chris wanted to borrow it, not the Chris you guys know, another Chris. And uh, I'll leave his last name out because he's dead now. But uh, borrowed the unicycle. And, uh, you know, two months later, the cast came off. And I said, uh, where's the unicycle? And he said, put it in your yard. I said, geez, I looked in my yard. It's not in there. And he said, yeah, what are you going to do? And then I said to uh, Chris's mom, hey, uh, where's that unicycle? Hey, if he put it in the yard, he put it in the yard. That's what he said he did. Then I said to my mom, hey, mom, I was riding the unicycle with a cast. I had no problems with it. You're the one who took me off the unicycle and said no riding it until the cast comes off. And then Chris borrowed it. Now it's gone forever. And uh, could you ask Chris's mom if, uh, you know, Something you guys could reach some kind of agreement or something. Y'all yeah, call her a week later. Did you talk to Chris's mom? Yeah, she said he put it in the yard. All right, all right, moving on. <laughs> twenty didn't have another unicycle for twenty years. That's horrible fucking parenting. That isn't. Hey, that was my son, and that's bullshit. And you don't. I wasn't a fucking bong, by the way. It was a unicycle, and I never owned another one. That was uh, that was it. It was a fifth grade. Never, never bought bought one second hand like when I was thirty or something like that. So I think that would be what you would call the opposites. Not like those were. Yeah, that was the op- that was the opportunity for the Corollas to step up. And, and yeah, uh, and just kind of be your advocate because you were a kid. I couldn't so afford a unicycle, too. and it shouldn't have been my last unicycle, right? Right. How about replacing it? No. Nope. Well, this dad. Yeah, uh, was released on man. bail, which I wish I had paid. Yeah, me too. And he defended his actions, saying, my daughter is not going to be hazed and beat up and touched on like what they've done. 
Yeah. The lawyer, his uh, attorney, Siddiqui Alexander, said, this young lady has been bullied since the first day of school. This is a new school for her. It was an overwhelming experience. She's currently on suicide watch because of this matter. Yeah. So we would just ask everyone to reserve judgment. Um, can I say this? Uh, what's going on? I, I, you know, the dads need to provide the discipline, as we can see here in this community, in our society. And with all the dads splitting, the kids are growing up fucking wild in the streets, and they're taking it out on the other kids. And we're not really addressing this. We're not really touching upon the fact that the dad, and I know because we hate roles in a family, and sorry, dick weeds, but there's roles. And the mother provides something and the dad provides something else. What the dad provides is discipline. And they have plenty of studies that show when you remove the dad from the equation, the kid doesn't get the discipline and thus the kid takes the shit out on other people on school buses and in yards and eventually around ATMs and then eventually goes to fucking prison. What are we doing as a society about that and how come it doesn't get brought up and when are we going to bring it up? Politicians aren't going to bring it right, up. They, they, this, this study came out this week, and I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but uh, girls are going through puberty sooner when their fathers aren't around. I mean, this, this is a really, has a really intense effect on you know girls and boys, but yeah. obviously it has an intense effect. And uh, you got to love this guy and his enthusiasm, although... I'm a huge fan. The interesting thing is the bystander effect, right? So if there's a few bullies and one target but there's 50 kids on the bus, what are the kids doing who are sitting there watching this girl with cerebral palsy getting condoms thrown at her head? Masturbating? <laughs> I mean, who would masturbate? That's gross. Not me. I just, my dream for my child, like I feel like Ray no, might have been a bully, but he also probably would have stuck up for that girl. Ray was, was a assigned as muscle to protect kids at, at my junior high and grade school there's a kid named dane boysen he had a circulatory problem his his extremities were purple so of course he became boysenberry his kids are very 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 good that way and creative and uh (laughs) ray ray was assigned to protect him and uh, ray would always beat the shit out of the bullies i like that that. that's that's what he did to him yeah or just even stand up to them like Hey, why don't you knock it off? That's not fair, what you're doing. You're hurting that person. Well, it'd be nice, except for I think everybody, and this is another societal problem. First off, you don't have a bus filled with a bunch of upstanding citizens and a bunch of Green Berets and then eight bad people. They're all kind of from the same block, you know what I'm saying? So there's not a whole lot of angels in that bus, number one. Number two... There is a sort of weird, perverse kind of schadenfreude, it ain't me kind of thing. Like, ooh, look at that. I mean, we all know that when someone says, uh, hey, look at this this footage of Evil Knievel eating shit on his motorcycle, no one goes, ah, I don't want to see that. They go, oh, let me see it. As a matter of fact, you'll a guy, a guy eating shit at the X Games will get a lot more eyeballs on it than a guy completing a, you know, 780 or whatever on a on the vert ramp, you know what I mean? I mean we're, we're drawn to that. So the kids that are sitting there, A, I'm sure their pops ain't around. I'm sure they're not from the greatest neighborhoods. And also, they're getting some kind of perverse pleasure out of it not being them. And then there's just fear. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. I remember thinking, like, when I would get bullied, which was, which was a lot, um, 
if I just keep, like don't make eye contact and just disappear, this is going to become really uninteresting for the bullies, and then they're going to leave me alone. Only the complete opposite is true of mm. bullies because they're not doing it uh, to get a reaction from you as much as from the bystanders. It's a performance. Uh-huh. So when you become not that fun to bully, i.e., you stick up for yourself or you make the joke first, they move on. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I no one explained that to me, right? Because it's really, it's really a performance to get the attention of the other people. I also want these fucking parents called out on the carpet. I've said it many times. Your kid is no different than a pet. If you have a pet that's fucking biting everyone in the neighborhood and harassing the mailman, you get called out for it. Totally that's your agree. thing. If you have a, an 11-year-old that thinks it's a great idea to attack someone who has cerebral palsy, then you as a parent need to fucking be going, gone through. You need a really fucking good shakedown. And basically... And, and I've said it a million times, and then we're going to bring our guests in. I'm going to get a little bit preachy for a second, and, and then I'll go back to unpreachy. <laughs> but here's the thing. I've said it a million times. Not enough counselors. Look, there's one school bus driver. There's 50 kids. There's one teacher. There's 40 kids. There's eight counselors at a school that has 4,000 kids. There's three security guards at a school that has 4,000 kids. Do the fucking math. It's the same thing I was talking about with Virginia Tech. These people have too much on their fucking plate. How come they couldn't have seen that this young student was uh, dark and obsessed? Because they have a million other fucking things on their docket. It's the parents' job. There's no... When did we stop fucking blaming the parents? When did we stop? When did we decide? Like, oh... The school systems, well, my kid's not being educated. Well, when are the teachers going to step up and start doing their jobs? When is the Board of Education? You know, it's the unions. No, it's the fucking kids and their parents. You really think things have changed fundamentally that much in the last 20, 25 years that the LA Unified School District has gone from fucking, you know, 5th to 55th? How many states do we have? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> ah, see, I'm a product. I, I think there's 60 stars on that fucking flag. The point is, I'm counting Puerto Rico's five. That's right. Yeah, I give a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah, I like Especially that. Especially all the guys they have in the, uh, the uh, National Baseball League. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Point is this. It's the fucking parents. The teachers can't do anything. It's the parents. The parent of the kid who thinks it's a good idea to fuck around with the kid with cerebral palsy needs to have the shit kicked out of them and they here's what needs to happen. Hey, fuck what? If your kid gets in anyone else's grill, guess who's getting arrested? Guess who's getting fined? Look, uh, when your dog shits up a park and you walk away, what the dog the dog gets punished? Who gets the fucking fine? By the way, there's a very good chance that if your dog bit me that you got your dog uh, to be a guard dog, that you probably chained it up outside your house, that right. you're probably not a great dog owner, that your dog has probably of, bitten other people before. Of course, you're doing a horrible job as an owner, and as an owner of a child, you fuck this kid up. Nature or nurture, you've created a little demon that thought it'd be a good idea to fuck with someone who uses those uh, kind of canes that attach to your forearm. So sad when I see Jerry's kids with those. Point is, is I have two of those for sale. And, and believe, <laughs> oh yeah, believe you adjustable, absolutely fully adjustable. Oh, okay, uh, believe you Titanium. me when um, there's never really sort of adjustable, kind of adjustable. Dude, dude, fully adjustable. Fully adjustable. Fully. Yeah. Are you an international jewel thief or just a regional? <laughs> Work the Burbank, Eagle Rock, Glendale area. International uh, uh-huh. crutches dealer. How would you say master of disguise? Master of disguise or just kind of not novice? I'm a moderate disguise uh, accomplished. Okay. Enthusiast. Yeah. Yeah. Saying to this, <laughs> and, and, and by the way, don't you think this would work? 
Um, hey, cunt who's raising this monster and, and dad, although I suspect dad is not around. Um, if your little fucking Damien gets out of line on a bus again, it's going to be 250 bucks every time your kid gets in someone else's grill. Yes. All right? Then that mother says to the little demon seed before he gets on the bus or she gets on the bus, listen, you fucking keep your mouth shut and sit on your goddamn hands until you get to school. You understand me? I can't afford the fucking fine. That's how it works. I like it. Somehow, somehow by the way, if we, if we implemented that... The wheels would come off the wagon. The ACLU would be all up everyone's ass. There'd be all kinds of discussions about it. But really, your kid is essentially a pet until 18. And that's the way it works. I mean, if you, you have to get your kid car insurance. When your kid's 16, he doesn't just get the fucking keys to the Volvo wagon and go sick. If you kill someone, you kill someone. No, the kid has to be insured because if the kid kills someone in a fucking station wagon, you're going to lose your house when you get sued. So you insure the kid. Once the kid is over 18, then the kid does what the kid does. Under 18, he's yours. He's a fucking pet. Whether he's on the road or whether he's in a bus, he's yours. Right, and you if you fucking if you take don't, care of if it. you don't walk him, if you tie him up outside the house, if you treat him like less than, you know, a, a pr- he's going to become Yes. A, vi- a violent, yes. aggressive. Yes. As exactly as a dog would. When do we get this message across to parents? By the way, not only would I find the mom two hundred fifty dollars, but let's just say the dad did leave. Wherever he is, you owe me five hundred. Right. For leaving. Let's go. Step it up. Yeah. Will the pussy politicians ever touch this one? Never. Maybe a bumper sticker though. Fucking hypocrite. <laughs> fucking pussies. Yeah. They're so busy fucking talking about nothing. We don't really talk about anything. This is the number one thing we should be talking about. We're too fucking busy talking about God knows what. Nothing. Nothing. All right. Shall we bring in our uh, guest? I'd love you have to. to use so many cuss words. Yes, I fucking do. <laughs> this man is uh, one of the stars of uh, CBS's uh, hit series, The Big Bang Theory. And, uh, by the way, Simon Helberg, uh, just watched an episode uh, two, two days ago? Three days ago. Yeah. Uh, where was it? And he was in a serious man. Did you see that? Yeah, uh, serious man. And uh, I was looking at uh, Good Night and Good Luck. Yes. And uh, Old School and Van Wilder. Yes. And a black belt as well. Yes, that's that is that is true and and uh, hard to believe. But how did that how did that work? Uh, t- I was I was very little and mm-hmm. and I'm still pretty little, but I was even littler and uh, I I loved the Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid. Sure. And I was about five and a half. How about Karate Kid 3? How about, well, that is. There we are. You were inspired by Ralph Mafia. Uh, it's, it's embarrassing all around. It no, like, it is I did, not. We did ask the singer of this song, how is history repeating itself in season, in the first one? Right. Right, yeah, we that's got a to good the point. Of it. Yeah, we got the bottom yeah. of it. He originally, originally intended to be Rocky 3. He wrote that song for Rocky Three. I see. So and then he just recycled it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, unless they were going to do a prequel to Karate Kid, they couldn't yeah. get Isaac to do backup. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, how is history repeating itself in the first one? Right. No. He, yeah. he was he was ambitious. He knew yeah. that he knew that there was going to be a second and a third. So you you saw that. I saw that, and I went in. Uh, I grew up here, and I went to. Reseda? Uh, no, oh. no, that. Was, oh man, you didn't win the All Valley Tournament. No, I was. I was. Uh, that that would have. Where just did been, you grow up? At I here? grew up actually in in West uh, Hollywood. They so, did. 
yeah, I, I, I believe it or not, even as much as I loved Karate Kid, I did not need to go to Reseda, and I, I've, no. I've been there since. And and I, I think I didn't. You grew up in West Hollywood. Yeah, I did. And you, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Well, first off, you didn't know there were people there. Well, there's oh, there's dads. I didn't know there were moms over there. I had I a mean, mom and a dad, and the mom was female. And really? Yeah, what? It was, wow. it was for real. What high? Did you go to a public high school? Uh, no, I went to Crossroads. Oh, private of course, school. fancy. Crossroads, yeah. uh, like Gwyneth fancy. Paltrow, and she was. Uh, yeah, I think she may have gone there. Yeah, she, yeah, a lot of a lot of really cool people uh, went there. Yeah, so I, where I, is that? Is that in that's Hawaii? in Santa Monica. Oh yeah, yeah, that's mm. a um, hip place over there. Yeah. So what do you learn over there? Everything? Whatever you want to learn. Uh, you know, and whatever grades you give yourself, uh, you, you grade the, yourself. The, the, the conscience, I like that. It's your own conscience. We all know that's yeah. how life works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you grade what, yourself. What yeah. salary do you deserve? Well, a yeah. couple hundred million. I mean, before bonuses. <laughs> Because yeah. you know, when I work construction, uh, whenever I've done roofing, I would always tell my boss, "I give myself an A." There you on go. This roof, yeah. go F minus. So no you way. weren't yeah. you weren't bullied because they don't have bullies. Really. Well, I mean, you know, new age, but they bully your 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 subconscious, your uh, inner child. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My chakras were ignored. Uh, so, a lot. Were you performing? Were you? Learning? I was doing. I was doing uh, jazz. I was then. I became a musician. Then uh-huh. after I, because I wanted to be a, a karate guy. I wanted to be a karate, a martial arts actor. Sure, uh, <laughs> you know very specific genre, and the, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. huge market for for five foot six Jews. Uh, well, too. maybe the Jew part, but the the short part is the short good. Part's Actually, fine. Yeah, well, see, that then works I came, fine. it all came full circle because mm-hmm. then I ended up becoming an actor, and the short thing is. You know, I think it's a prerequisite. To and in your black belt, and you got yeah, a black belt I, when you were what age? Oh, when I was ten. Ten. You know, be a you know be a nice you know I'd like to see you enter the cage with <laughs> Jeff Ross. Okay, oh Jeff my Ross. God. Yeah, was the youngest black belt in like New Jersey. No way for, yeah. for some time, and he got his when he was like nine or ten. You and know, our, yeah. the guys from our karate studio, uh, the, it originated in New Jersey, and I wonder. If oh, it was really? Because the they would come out and like it would be Master Dominic Giacobbe, <laughs> right? And sure. that's who would come out like every year. Master Dominic Giacobbe would come out. And just like beat the shit out of. Can I say shit? Yeah, sure. Uh, Because it's true. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it was very. It was. They were so rough on me, and uh, my dad would have to. Like I remember, my dad called one time and and basically told them in one of the tests where you would you know move up in in rank to to go easy on me because I was you know not. I didn't see the irony of. They had to call me Mister Helberg. I was ten. Sure. I was teaching. Uh, classes at the age of ten, and all these Russian kids came in, and they would, you know, they would they would not call me Mr. Helber. They would call me Simon, and and I would get really mad, and they'd be like, "What are you going to do, Simon?" And then I would go <laughs> and tell on them to my master. Sure, I'd say, "Master, the Russian guys are." And they won't call me Mr. Helberg. And he was like, well, go out there and, you know, tell him to do 20 knuckle push-ups. And then I'd go out and I'd be like, Sergey, get down. And, you know, they, this is, I was four foot one, maybe. And these kids were <laughs> sure. like, you know, already 5'11". Yeah. And, and they were just hysterically <laughs> laughing. I wore a triple zero uniform. Really? I couldn't, I, and they had to, like, send them in special. It was, it was like, the irony was completely lost on me. Uh, yeah. Which it's not now. A gi should not have a flap in the back. <laughs> no. no. And I could, and everyone would all, you know, I couldn't oh. beat up anybody. I don't think a I could have ever. Well, you might be able to beat up Jeff Ross. Well, that's only because time and, and donuts. I'm, and I, I'm just <laughs> saying, if somebody said a couple of black belts are waiting out in the parking lot for you and it was Simon and Jeff Ross, you would be fucking relieved <laughs> when you walked out of that bar. Yeah. Like, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> 
Yeah, so I wonder, I'll have to ask uh, Ross if... Uh, I wonder if it's the same. Tang Soo Do. Yeah. It, it, it's How good. many places in New Jersey could... I mean, I guess there's probably it's a lot. It's good stuff, though, right? It taught you discipline the, and respect in all, and everything, yeah, right? In all honesty, it really actually was... It really was... I mean, it definitely... that Those were the big the big things. To be like five and six and, and be learning about... Yeah, about discipline and about, uh, you know, even meditating, which I didn't even know. You know, we would do little... <laughs> just things that were definitely... Concentration and, and focus So that was yeah. great And then I did music And then I came back around And took out the martial arts From my martial arts actor dreams And just went acting What about the music? Were you playing um, piano or guitar? I played piano I Yeah, I played in some jazz bands And rock bands I played like all around When I was I was very young always In the things I did I was 14 and I was playing like at the Roxy and the Whiskey and doing that rock and roll thing and then also doing jazz at 14 with like braces and playing in the lobbies of hotels and getting rides from my dad, you know, which is a weird, because the jazz scene is not usually, that's not the emblem of jazz. Little mini rubber bands it, on your teeth <laughs> and stuff. It's usually, you know, heroin and, sure. and reefer and, and, uh, and I was getting carpooled by my dad and playing in Westwood and... Yeah, you know, again, fourteen braces, uh, white, you know. So I, I yeah, I, I definitely I writing, push the envelope. Writing songs about being out of Yuhu on a three day weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> stuff that's like the blues. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. getting my braces off is the yeah. When you don't, oh, you yeah. don't know you, you a don't, riff on getting your braces yeah, yeah, off. Yeah. A, a yeah. meditation on mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, no, it was a pretty. I again, the irony complete. I think I've led the most ironic life ever, like a hilarious life in hindsight, but. Really serious while it's happening. So. Well, uh, Big Bang Theory is uh, going to Thursday night, right? That is. And uh, basically, I was just talking to someone about this, which is uh, oh, they're opening up a Thursday night comedy for the, I guess, the first time in, I don't know, someone said like 25 or 30 years. Yeah, it's, I believe it was Gilligan's Island that uh, was really? the last show on CBS <laughs> to be, I, I guess that, w- that was a comedy. I mean, that was considered a. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not trying to be... Oh, well, no, it had a laugh track, yeah, so you know, it was a comedy. I, yeah. I guess, it's just like a surreal... There we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're a comedy, too. Yeah. And, I, and is, is uh, Big Bang... Is, <laughs> okay. is, is uh, was it, is it, it... I know Two and a Half Men was uh, sort of perennial number one, but mm. Big Bang sort of caught up to him, maybe got past them or something? Yes, well, there's so many ways to Sh- measure, measure things. Your, right. your self-worth in this... In this uh, city, yeah, because they go in the key demographic <laughs> yes. with their thing. Yeah. The le- yeah, yeah, but they didn't hold as much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Siamese lesbians under twelve all watched from eight forty-two to nine o'clock. But then, then after that, yeah, it's very, it's literally as specific and as, a lot of holding your lead in or yes. g- gaining on it or whatever, building on a lead in and blah yes. blah blah. But that being said, uh, yes, we we ultimately. We we were number one in the key demo, which I believe sure. is I, eighteen. Black belts, <laughs> yeah. right? That play jazz, yeah. and yeah. the one your co-host got an Emmy this year, right? Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so Jim Parsons, co-star. Yeah, he uh, he he's fantastic, and uh, yeah, he won Best Actor, and um, so we're hoping to bring our fans, I guess, over to Thursday night. We've been. I don't see there, why there, they yeah. wouldn't uh, go over there if they found you on a. Yeah, Tuesday, I, right? you'd think it's not. Uh, you know, it, it makes it's it's an honor. I guess I grew up watching sitcoms, so Thursday I do remember being a big night. I mean, I, you know, I guess the Thursday night that was the must see TV, sure, and Cosby, NBC, and all that yeah. stuff. So, so now, uh, and also you have a it, the, uh, the the show. I feel like is well. 
tell me if I'm putting words in your mouth. It expanded a little bit into a little more of an ensemble piece. Yeah. It used to just be more about Jim and his thing and living and his yeah. thing. And now you guys have been brought in and you're getting beefier yes. uh, storylines and things <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Which is nice. But also, um, I don't know if you're lazy like uh, I am. Well, but, uh, laziest black belt there ever was. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> no I don't know about is. Ross, but no one's as lazy as I am. But is it sort Trying of nice just being able to come in, make everyone laugh, and then leave <laughs> and not going home with a huge stack of shit to memorize right. every night before taping? Um, you know, I God, I don't know. I can't tell which one is more self-indulgent, to wish that I had less work to do so that I could then get away with doing you know nothing or having more work so that I could be in the spotlight longer. I, I, I feel like they're both sort of... But uh, step up to the plate, hit a home run, then right back to the dugout. That, that, that's my feeling. <laughs> that's nice, too. I mean, I, I honestly enjoy... I, there's something I think that's harder about walking into a scene, delivering a line or two, and then leaving. I, I actually... Because I've had to do... You know, the earlier part of the this, this stuff that I had done was a lot of that, was sort of having a line here a line there in, in movies or whatever. And I always found it really hard. There's no there's no time to get into the scene. Yeah, you don't know sense. what's going on. Yeah, and you kinda and then the pressure is, you know, is just You're so like high. a field goal kicker at that yeah. point. Yeah, it's hard. But I but you know, I I, I love honestly I mean the show is so fun and, and it is it's been really great to to flesh out the characters because they've done a great job in terms of not making them be uh, two dimensional or, or you know anything they must be discussing doing some sort of spin-off something. I mean, with the <laughs> success that this show has had and with the success of, uh, you know, as I said, some of the characters that were a little more ancillary now sort of stepping into the, the limelight. Mm. Has somebody discussed having you guys, I don't know, <laughs> move into your own apartment and do your own whatever? Not not yet. I, I, but it I, could happen. I it, mean, could, it could be a Jefferson's <laughs> on, on our horizon here. Right. Uh, yeah, you could you could see uh, you could see something like that, I guess. It hasn't been uh, it hasn't Not been discussed? Well, though. not with you. Not with me. I'll it, bet you it's been discussed. Right. I'm if sure. I know TV people. Yeah, well, look at all, look at all this. Has there been a successful spinoff recently? Frasier, I guess, was the last. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to oh, think. Oh, pra- practice the, the what's it called? Oh, yeah, right. Private practice. practice. Yeah, aren't I mean, those... how would I know? I'm not gay. <laughs> NCIS and Law and Order aren't those? Yeah, all but those are like the same. Those yeah, are kind of franchising. Yeah. 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 All right. Don't give this super <laughs> condescending. Bit, bit, bit. But I mean, I'm thinking Dude, I like, watch him. wasn't like happy. There was like the whole Happy Days. Oh, sure. Mark and Shirley, Mark and Mindy, and there's Joni loves Chachi. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there was uh, Ralph Mouth and his blow dryer, which uh, came came later. You have the first one to puffy hair. Hey, uh, T Bone. Now, should we do? You want to finish some of the news? Would you like to try to read this uh, Alec Baldwin oh, yeah. uh, email? Let's let's go over this email. All right. Um, a week or so ago, Simon, we yep. were talking that uh, the thing about emails is it's difficult to get people's sort of inflection and intent. Right. And I'm not sure if people are being sarcastic or they think I'm being sarcastic. It's a lot. Lots, it's You've a probably l- been misunderstood. A lot via lost the, in the, the translation, yeah. right? I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, here's the uh, email that... Uh, 
I asked Alec Baldwin to write a blurb for a book that I have uh, coming mm-hmm. out on November 2nd. And he wrote a very nice blurb. It was you know, well thought out. It's, it's just what you'd expect a guy like Baldwin to do. Right. Took a couple of minutes, wrote something nice. It was very smart, yeah. very interesting. And then I wrote him back. Uh, let's see. Alec, thank you for going above and beyond for the blurb for my book. Um, it would have been easy to write just a quick joke, but you obviously put a lot of thought into it, and I really appreciate that. Yes. Signed, me. And then I get an email back from Alec that says, are you pulling my leg? Question mark. Would you prefer a longer, more formal piece of writing? Right. Now. So he took the, he read sarcasm, like 100% sarcasm. Into yeah. You. Right. He went, oh, thanks, for, like, thanks for the blur. Yes. Really yeah, well thought out. Writing a <laughs> he didn't think it was earnest because he knows, like, right. sarcastic Adam. So he saw quotes around everything. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. I, yeah when I said, when I said uh, it would have been easy just to write a quick joke, but you obviously put a lot of thought oh, into right. it. He heard, you, you uh, obviously yeah, yeah. Like got your assistant yeah. when they, right. she was drunk right, to right, put a lot right. of thought in your exactly. shitty blur. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So you can't say you obviously because that that right. you can't use words like obviously, no, right? So careful, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Any hy- any hyperbole is also very you know yeah. You start to sound you start to sound sarcastic. Yeah, you can't say you're the smartest you're the, guy. You're the greatest no. guy, ever. right? Because right. they're like, oh, I yeah. get it. Oh, you think yeah, I'm yeah. Dunce. Good for you. Yeah, yeah good well, for you. Everything's right. Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> so then I said I really appreciate that, and then uh, then I realized. Oh, he thought I was being snarky in my email. Oh, by, by the way, how big a dick would I have to be? Yeah. Like, hey, Baldwin, yeah. you only did a paragraph on my shitty book? Come on, buddy. Yeah. Can't a little take, take a couple minutes for that piece of you shit, 30 sense, Rock? You get the sense he's been burned a few times, and so he's ready to, right. to see the worst. Right. Yeah. Right. And then and then I said, uh, I'll be in New York for the first week of November for the, with, with the book release. Uh, let me know if you're going to be in town. I'd love to buy you a drink. So obviously, I'm not going snarky because yeah. you can't. You could you can't, read snarky. If he's that, maybe he's just there's a chip missing. and he Everything's really yellow sees, to the jaundiced eye. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I did not make that up. It's a quote. That's, that's good. A dark, that's that's good. a dark metaphor. But it's true. I, I get No, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, the world is jaundiced. Uh, I just wrote back... Now, this is another thing, which is now you're in danger of go- going too far and right. overcompensating no, really the other... I really loved your blurb. <laughs> yeah. Now you're in trouble yeah. again? Yeah. yeah. So I just wrote back, I just wanted to thank you for a great job, and that's all That's all I wrote. That I don't know... <laughs> now I don't know if that one got snarkified... Right, because now put you put the snarkalator. You right. can do that. I got put in the snark tumbler. <laughs> yeah, because that one, the first one, was maybe a few overly effusive that read sarcastic, right. and this one was overly what? Curt, curt, yeah, laconic. Well, yes. Shit. So now what? So I gotta call him. You're gonna yeah. have to call him because you know what? But isn't it sad that's, that that's the last? That's, that's the last, like the last <laughs> thing that you would ever do is talk to somebody. Well, to be I, the I, human interaction. No, is like, I mean to be fair to. Him or me or somebody's hard to you know. Reach him. It's kind of hard to get hold of. Him no, I, I mean but, I understand that. But I just want to say thanks. <laughs> it went. You know what? Next time, can I say muffin basket? 
muffin basket? Yeah. You know, right. just send a gift. But, but if they're little... <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, but they have to be a specific... Because if they're <laughs> mini muffins... Then that can be taken like, along. Oh, oh right. I see. Oh. Mini muffins. You think I'm a mini talent, yeah. dude? Right, yeah. that's oh, what you're Oh, I get it. I'm fat. Yeah. And you don't want me to carb oh, load with yeah. regular size muffins. Okay. So I'm a bloated mini talent. I'm the fat Baldwin, aren't I? Oh, that's what. Okay. Oh, in a basket. So I'm like a basket cake? Oh, and you know what? I called my daughter a piggy. Yeah. I should give these to my daughter. Yeah, I should force her to my piggy daughter. Yeah. Okay. The most defensive man on the planet. (laughs) I think maybe you're right. Who knew? The good news is you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he was fucking around with this and I'm being overly sensitive. Yeah, I can't tell. He's like, Mm. oh, I'm going to make Adam go crazy. (laughs) Wow, we're going to have to work this out. Well, we worked it out between (laughs) Dag and Dr. Drew. We had a similar exchange that went sour. All right. Should we we do a little uh, rich man, poor man? Let's try some of that. Simon doesn't Jeremiah know Weed presents Rich Man, Poor Man. Yeah, that's one of our new sponsors, Jeremiah Weed. They make a, a tasty, tasty beverage. Um, these are the things, Simon, that mm-hmm. uh, rich people and poor people share, but the middle class does not. And, okay. uh, the genesis of this was I was sitting around one day <clears throat> and I thought, outdoor showers. I thought that's either either you're super rich or <laughs> right, super right. poor, but middle class people that drive, you know, tourist wagons and live in three bedroom bedroom homes in Sherman Oaks or yeah. North Hollywood don't have an outdoor right. shower. So these are and, and then it, like almost everything outdoors, like a refrigerator outdoor. That's true. That's either by the tennis courts yeah. or it's or in a, the front even yard. Even a mini fridge too. Like yeah. some for real poor people that's right. that's, that's, that's a that's, fridge. That's yeah. their fridge. Right. Right. All right, shall we... Uh, Want to hear some nominees? Yeah, let's hear a few. Oh, I got one. This right. one was, uh, was uh, tweeted to me. Uh, uh, a judge knows you really well, or you have, a, you have history with a judge. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. You're either a repeat okay. offender or yeah. you're like an influential lawyer. I like lawyer. that. Mm-hmm. I, I must say I've noticed this walking around my neighborhood, and I thought, rich man, poor man, because I live in a very poor neighborhood, and there are quite a few travel agencies, and I thought, right. who's still using travel agents? Right. Really rich people right. planning safaris? Right. Or really poor people who need to... Visit right. back home. That's mm-hmm. true, and don't mm-hmm. have the internet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We uh, we got uh, handmade shoes. Either you literally just made your <laughs> shoes yourself. Depends whose hands they were. Right, or you got some Bruno Mollies <laughs> or something. Uh, some one offs. Right. Uh, let's see. Actual. Uh, I don't know. Oh wait, Ray, yeah. Ray was just in here that reminded me. Remember he. He uh, didn't have a credit card, so to set up his phone, uh, his name would pop up with someone else's ID because that's who would have set up his phone account for oh, him. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. versus like your assistant sets it up for you. Because it used to be when you called, it would say, like, Jay. Right. <laughs> so assistant sets it up for you versus someone with a credit card. Accounts sets it not up for under you. your own name. It is, one of these, it is one of these things where, you, yeah, you're a loser. Like when Ray. When when Ray like his thing will say Don Chandler on it, and if I see Don Chandler, I know that's my buddy right. Ray because he's a f- loser. Yeah. <laughs> and then I love when a loser gives a loser excuse. Where I was like, uh, Ray, what's up with this or that? Oh, I said, uh, oh, I needed Ray to go reserve something at a tool rental place for me. The man was forty six years old at the time, and he's like, I don't have a credit card, and I'm like. Wow. You don't have a credit. You're 46, right? Do you think it's time to get yourself a credit card? And then he did this one. My mom died, and she was a co-signer, okay? And you're like, well, bigger loser? Like, you know, there's a thing where people make the excuse where they're like, it sounds like something good's going to come out. And then it's like, why is your mom co-signing for your... forties. Right, for your thing. All right, we have a few people uh, on the line we can uh, 
oh, wow. try out here. Hey, Dominic. Yeah, Adam. What's going on, Dominic? How you doing? Uh, doing well. Thank, thank you, buddy. I've got, uh, I've got a couple, but I think the best one is uh, inbreeding. Yeah, that's excellent. That yeah, is. like the royals. Bloods, a lot of royals. Sure, there are hemophiliacs and, and such. Yeah, and then you got your sort of Hatfields and McCoy. The mountain people. Yeah, the Very mountain good. people. Strong. Yeah, yeah. Nice job. What are you doing over there in San Diego, Dominic? Uh, I'm uh, at work actually. Yeah, we're coming out there for the uh, Coronado uh, Vintage Race. Oh, awesome! Awesome. Yeah, soon. What Dom- do you, wh- where do you work? Yeah. Uh, I work uh, up in uh, North County, San Diego. I, I do marketing. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's probably not supposed to be on this call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably not. All right, but thank you for taking the time to do to play the very important rich man poor man game <laughs> with us. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks. That is one of those things I I don't miss uh, about uh, having a job is that. I could get in trouble for whatever I'm doing, so I'm going to do it fast for my cubicle right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> that weird, uh, whether it was shoving a bunch of filet fish in my mouth by the dumpster when I worked at the McDonald's, yeah. or you know, taking a piss and on the construction side or drinking out of the hose, that sort of I'm looking over my shoulder <laughs> sort of thing. That's sad, isn't it? When you can't make a goddamn call from your cubicle because uh, the man's going to be up your ass. Yeah. Let's talk to uh, Ernie. Ernie? Yeah, I'm here. You're uh, 32 years of age? Yes, I am. Congratulations on being the youngest Ernie in North America. <laughs> you must. There must be an Ernie story. Dad's an Ernie. Grandpa's an Ernie. Uh, my dad's an Ernie, yeah. Yeah. No one just says, hey, my name's Bob, and that's my wife, Shelly, and we're going to name this one Ernie. Yeah. No one ever oh, does that. They have for name? about yeah. 60 years. Yeah. What's your wife's her name? name? Her name's Rhonda. Rhonda, yeah, that's, that's that's kind of an old fashioned name. Yeah, I like yeah. that name. Yeah, but it's like Ernie and Rhonda. You'd meet over at the Denny's for the early bird supper. You got half off well, at five she's p.m. In her seventies, you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> What do you got in rich man, poor man? I was going to say uh, race car driving. Mm, you're talking like sort of F one. Or the sort of uh, Arthur sort of thing where you just go out in the track, you're a rich right. guy, you get track time driving your Carrera GT uh, Porsche versus your sort of uh, Brewster's, Brewster Baker sort of dirt track oval. Ooh. Hey, Brewster Baker, uh, six-pack. Come on, Kenny Rogers, greatest Ooh. role since the gambler. Right, right, right. Oh come on, you know Kenny Rogers! I, I, it's it's ringing a bell, but I, I wouldn't be able to pull that out. The coward of the county, better than coward what? of the county. What? <laughs> <laughs> there it is, six pack. I don't know about Ernie digging deep at the race car driving. Uh, no, no. There's a uh, think about all the guys that would be out in you know Fontana on a Saturday night. I mean, think about the, the dirt fans like drag racing, drag racing, the dirt. I don't yeah. mean big time. No. I mean the oval, the dirt track, the figure eight. Right. Yeah. Like in your festiva. You're right. I, I would right. think like attending an event would be rich man, poor man, because either you're going to one of these fancy things you go to or you're going to uh, like <clears throat> a NASCAR. Event. Well, it's true that you could go to the Grand Prix in uh, Monaco and that'd be a super rich guy right. thing to do. Or you could go down to Talladega, and that'd be yeah, sort of give a white trash. That'd be yeah. uh, that'd be a poor man. But e- even like I said, even driving, you guys, come on, there's six. That's, that's a movie. That's a movie. There's no denying that. Yeah, smart move on Kenny's no, part. No Coen Brothers never, never movie like you've been in. Yeah, well, I, that's yeah. <laughs> it's got, had to be confusing. Uh, thank you, Ernie. Thank you. 
I like, by the way, when uh, it's gone on my entire career, especially in Loveline, where I go, Ernie, that's a strange name for a 32-year-old. You must have a dad named Ernie. Yeah, my dad's named Ernie. Anyway, <laughs> could even get a, hey, not bad. Yeah, yeah. That's- Good guess. Right. Well, yeah. I, I, oh, wow. I, I just called yeah. your dad's name out. Yeah, that's pretty. I, mean, I, I didn't ask anything, and I just named your dad. You no, want to give me a little something? Yeah, no, no. No love? Yeah, that's my dad's wow. name. You know why? It's kind of, <laughs> when you're dumb, it's a kind of narcissism where you think people know shit. Yeah. Like when my kids oh, come yeah, home yeah. and they go, Billy said, Billy, Billy. And you go, like, who's Billy? Billy? Right. They don't right. go, they, one of the children from my class I attend yeah, the yeah. school with. They, they, but they right. think you know. It's a narcissistic thing. Yeah. Go, this yeah. is if amazing. If they know, you must know. Well, his dad's name is Ernie. Yeah, my dad's name's Ernie. Yeah, yeah. what of it? He didn't have. Yeah, I've known that for thirty years. For that. No, that, that could be like a carnival. I didn't get a trick. fucking. Yeah, it's I didn't, true. I didn't get he one. He has a lot of carnival tricks. Yeah, you like could. That. I mean, that you could be paid just for that. Not yeah. one decibel louder did no, I get like, with it. No, yep. you, yeah, you know, I was impressed. About twenty times in a row, a caller to our radio show would laugh, and by the sound of their laugh, Adam could correctly predict whether or not they smoke pot. Never yeah. wrong. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And the answer to me asking if they smoked a lot of pot would be more laughing. Right. Which well, that's, that's an easy yes. Yeah. Must have been confusing for Kenny Rogers when his agent called him in, you know, 1986 and said, we want you to play Brewster Baker, a uh, NASCAR driver, has to raise a bunch of uh, orphans on the road. And he went, I don't remember writing a song about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's just a role. Yeah. Right. But I... I must have written about it, right. like the gambler, the yeah. coward of the county. No, 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 Kenny, you don't understand. Marlon Brando didn't write a song called "On the Waterfront." They just, they just cast right. him. He, and his like, world, was his world's yeah. like. So they want me to write a song about it so we can make yeah. it into a movie. Like no, 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 no song, no song. You just go out. Just, although this is the song. Start he's living and giving. I actually well, kind of like the premise he, for this movie. I feel like I want to see it. Yeah. But he wrote this after the song. He had to do it. Does he learn a lot about himself because he has to raise all these orphans and not be so self-centered? I'm going to write a song about an angry man who hooks up with a bunch of orphans and learns nothing about yeah. himself. <laughs> learns that he hates kids. <laughs> and that he feels a certain sexual charge when he's around them. A couple them. of them. Sure. <laughs> like three of them. <laughs> it's a hit! <laughs> Woody Allen could direct. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, but maybe it was the op. Maybe it was his. Maybe he called his agent. He was like, "Do you have anything with orphans and race cars? Is out? Is there any way to bring my?" Or maybe his agent called and and went, uh, "Good news, Kenny Pacino just turned down the role of Brewster (laughs) Baker, (laughs) the NASCAR driver." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll tell you, I recommend a six pack uh, highly. <laughs> I, highly. Well, clearly, I, I, what, what year is it from? 80? I would say somewhere around the time. You were influenced by the wrong movie, my I, friend. No, I know. Yeah. I could have been, could been, be been on the driver. circuit right now. I could have now. eight kids and. Uh, and by and the way, isn't a being a smaller guy better for being a driver? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unsprung weight. Mm hmm. All right. Uh, that about. Uh, do we have a, a, an outro, by the way, for Rich Man, Poor Man? Whether you're a rich man or a poor man, you'll love Jeremiah Weed. Thank you. All right. Should we do uh, do, uh, the rest of the news, T-Bone? Sure. Simon, you just hang out and chime in. The rest of the news with Teresa Strasser. Well, speaking of Dr. Drew. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, Lindsay Lohan. Mm -mm. Positive drug test. What? 
Yeah, yeah that's looks, right. Yeah, yeah, it looks like she's going to have to go back to jail. But uh, it seems like a positive sign that she has admitted through her Twitter account that she's made a mistake. She's not trying to deny it, say it was bubblegum, whatever. She, well, she, uh, she with, fell off the wagon. With uh, modern science and pharmacology and stuff like that, just you get busted for bad piss. You get, but what, what are you going to yeah. do? I mean, yeah. the days of you know the Kennedy saying, "Hey, man, I, I'm not fucking Marilyn Monroe." Right. Those days are gone. No, right? now it's redundant. We have it's footage like you, of it. Yeah, you piss. Your piss is dirty. Uh, well, uh, right. give me a couple weeks to, right. to we, let you know what I feel there's, about it. There's DNA, yeah. right. Yeah. Substance abuse is a disease which unfortunately doesn't go away overnight. I'm working hard to overcome it, she said via her Twitter. Mm. In other rehab news, and by the way, there is a bench warrant out for her uh, as of now. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of other failures from the world of celebrity rehab. Jason Waller, mm-hmm. the former Laguna Beach star, fallen off the wagon after getting help from the VH1 show that hasn't aired yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. went out three nights in a row last week, says a source. Behavior was erratic, and it's clear his sobriety is no longer important to him. Former wrestler China was uh-uh. rushed to a hospital after overdosing on Benadryl. Really? Benadryl. Oh, wow. Seem seasonal fun. hay fever medicine? That must take an awful lot of Benadryl, because I get an infusion of Benadryl every two months, or every two weeks, and that's a lot of Benadryl, and I feel no effects. Benadryl is just allergy relief. Right? And that's what I thought. Antihistamine. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what they infuse you with, essentially? Actually, I was getting tired from it, so they stopped. They have... Uh, <laughs> but yes, every two weeks, Benadryl. I think she has a clitoral meglia or something. <laughs> it's like gigantism for your clitoris. And, uh, you know, T, if you had that... Elephantitis you'd, of the You'd clitoris. think about... Uh, I'd have some Benadryl. Taking a nap, wouldn't you? A real, I think about a lot, real long nap anyway. Yeah. Uh, she took four to five times the prescribed amount to help her sleep. When she woke up, she couldn't walk and started throwing up. She yeah. was rushed to UCLA Medical Center where she received fluids and is expected to recover. Yeah. Sad. I know. And her clitoris is probably just getting bigger. Such a graceful right? soul. Yeah. So sad. She did seem kind of sweet when she was on that show. Mm-hmm. A new show from the E! Network. Mm-hmm. It combines a lot of things Americans love in a television show. Mm. Bridal plasty. Wow. wow. Only perfection will On do. On horses? <laughs> no, but yeah, that is called a bridal. Uh, this brings together engaged women who are seeking complete image transformations before their big day. They want their dream wedding and the dream body to go with it. Let's get that hymen put back. First order of business where I come from. This is the first American reality show to have participants compete for plastic surgery. There have been shows about people having plastic surgery, but here it's the prize. You know the problem with that is they, you know, normally whatever shortcomings you have physically, and we all have, you know, something we're not, you know, we'd like to keep in the closet a little bit. They, you have to bring it out, and then you have to discuss it. Right. Like, uh, you know, I got this horrible bags under my eyes, or I got this flap, you know, had three kids, and I have this flap of skin. And right. then we have to pull it. Instead of doing the thing where you'd wear the billowy blouse and no one yeah. would know about it, now we have to pull it up, and you have to make it talk. And, you know, there's a whole <laughs> thing to essentially exposing yourself. And it's it's the person that's the most pathetic and the, the least attractive. Yeah. But if you come in second place, you don't get the procedure, and then you've just spilled your guts literally all over the television. But right? it's also sort of a prize because it's like you're actually not, you're the second least attractive. That's oh, a good yeah. point. So there is someone worse off than you, 
but but you're you're pretty bad, but you're not going to get the surgery. So right, right. But but thanks for your. But time. in three weeks, <laughs> when the swelling goes down, then that person's going to leapfrog above you, right. and you will officially be the I ugliest know. person yeah. for pride. Hey, look, you know they compete in challenges that are wedding themed. Writing vows and planning honeymoons. Writing vows. Each one, each week, one lucky bride will get one piece of her dream body. Well, who's by the way? Who's, one piece. Who's, one piece. Does so you get one like certain one nose or yeah, nose, one, one breast, boob, one breast, whatever. Right. And then the last bride standing will win all the remaining procedures on her list. And then, of course, the finale is her wedding when she walks down the aisle transformed, and of course, her husband has not seen her. <laughs> That's the worst thing ever. It couldn't be more so disturbing you're marrying unless a different person. yeah, a different person, right? right? Unless it was a why little, even have little a people. Hus- why even have a husband? I don't know, but can I just say I saw that documentary at Catfish mm-hmm. this oh, weekend. Oh my god, it's so good! Don't really? I won't? No spoiler alerts. Okay. And by the way, even if you know the little, there's okay. a twist, but even, you'll you'll know you'll, a twist. you'll intuit the twist early on. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's still mm. complete. Every you will not daydream for one single second. Great, exactly. but it's kind of about this, like what? Because it's about a, an online thing. Like what is attraction? Right. Is it Called like catfish? The, catfish is the name. It's by the guy. The producer is the guy who produced Capturing the Freedmans, or the producer mm-hmm. is the guy who directed Capturing mm-hmm. the Freedmans. Mm-hmm. This is directed by you know a bunch of young guys. Right. I hear it. You know it's what I phenomenal. would do if I uh, produce this uh, makeover bride show? Because yeah. the husbands, what they're sequestered, or they can't see them for a month or two months or whatever it is while they get all this work done. Right. For the unveiling, I would get Giselle Bunchen <gasps> to come down oh, the thing yes. and ha- show the guy going like, holy shit! <laughs> she was a heavy, she was a heavy shit black woman when yeah. I dropped her off! <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then like, oh dear God! And then go, ah, just kidding. Yeah. There she is. Yeah. Uh, You're combining a punking element, like a punk. hidden camera. I would punk his yeah. cock. You punk his cock. <laughs> That'd be a good name punk for the show. Punk my cock. Yeah, punk my cock. There you go. I like that. <laughs> he also, he, that'd a, be the ultimate. Like, imagine if you got someone who just kind of looked like, you know, Christy right. Turlington or something. You might be like, oh my God. Yeah. And then it's like, nah, sorry. Yeah, no, she's still cross-eyed and yeah. buck-toothed. That's right. Montana, the wow. Republican... <laughs> what is going on? What have we become? It's really... I, like I said, if, just, if it was little people, it would combine everything Americans love yeah. in a television show. Yeah. Yeah. Because they do have like little chocolatiers. Have you seen this on no. TLC? It's a family of little people that make chocolates. <laughs> this is a real show. Uh, Isn't that the the Keebler, Hatch family. The Keebler elves? <laughs> I've, I got enough. The I got Hatch. enough dose of that. There's uh, like little, little people, big debt. Yeah. Little people, li- little noses. I guess would be the little twins surgery. would be the ultimate. Yes. Yeah, combination. Multiples. Yeah. Yeah. Surgery. Little Laguna Beach would be pretty. Yes. Cool. Wow. Yeah, I love like, that. Yeah, it takes or place in some aquarium. hot, rich. Going to be eaten by tarantula this yeah. this year. Uh, it's also this thing where it has involved some competition and some cooking and somebody freaking out about right. the icing sliding off the cake. It's <laughs> what the fuck? What's going on? Yeah. Why I just uh, I don't understand that. Must take- be must be nice though to be Simon. Essentially. <laughs> Like the f- on the furthest end of the spectrum from yes from that <laughs> like like really you're just uh, up in a, in a pink castle on top <laughs> of uh, a Mount Pride yes looking down <laughs> on your horrible subjects while they fight it out in the yeah. muck laughing and <laughs> twirling my mustache another mutton chop and a round <laughs> yeah. of ale yes. yeah. but you're up there you know doing uh, cr- crescent kicks and playing the piano <laughs> and 
No, if you think about it, but you know, back in the day, like, hey, if you're on the Dukes of Hazard, or if you're, you know, if you're, if you had the number one TV show in the land, let's say, in, you know, 1981, right. you were the top show of 35 shows that existed. Yeah. Now you guys are essentially the top show of 5,000 shows. I, like the pyramid is, is insane. There yes. was, you know, if you were number one when you were doing the love boat, there were only 18 other blocks right, right. under you. Yeah. Now there's 5,000 blocks under you. Yeah. That's it's cool. And cool. there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot less people that watch because there's so many shows so you don't get like 30, 40 million people. But it, what's crazy is when you look back at the number one show like, Dukes of Hazard probably was number one, right? It was probably top five So, like, for the number one shows from the early 80s, some of those shows, are, if you watch them now, they're, like, the worst shows sure. ever. Right. So what happens when you watch this bridal plasty in 20 years? How bad is, the ba- is like, the worst show now? It well, must be unbearable. I, 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 I don't even think you'd believe. I think it's going to be an interesting little sociological time capsule because when you watch shows from the 60s, you know, you watch Laugh-In yeah. or Love American Style or one of these shows, you see all the fashions right. and the way the women dress and the way the guys wore their hair and, right. the, and just these sort of social mores and, 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 and just different ways we approach life and what we thought was funny at the time and yeah. politically correct or what have you. But those were still written, you know yeah. what I mean? This will be how we're living. Right. Like, when when you see... You know, whatever MTV's, you know, Jersey Snooky. Shore, yeah. Yeah. 50 years from now, this will be a teaching instrument. This will be like yes. people go, what you want to see how fucking fucked up people were yeah. in 2009? Yeah. This is how they Stay live. Stay in school. Yeah. This, I mean, there'll be a scared straight here. element, but yeah. there'll also be a sort of documentary I guess element so. to it. Like, well, I mean, imagine how freaky it would be watching reality TV if they had reality TV in the 60s or the right. 70s. Like, they had Big Brother. And the 70s, and people would walk around talking about Nixon and Vietnam and Here Come the Judge yeah. and shit like that. And you're sitting around going, one day they'll have a telephone that you can use that has no cord attached right, right, to it. Right, you know, right. like shit. Like it, it'd be weird to see that, wouldn't it's, it? It's true, it's true. I mean, yeah, it's just unfortunate the quality, like the over Some guy, exposure people of it going all. like, no, believe me. Japan will never beat a car. Never yeah. make a car that'll beat an American car. Yes. Never. Mark my words. Yeah, it's 1972. Right. It could be a two. It could be two thousand years. You know, there are all these proclamations yeah. to be made. Yeah, yeah. I, I think all the reality shows will be a weird, funny thing to watch for our kids. Sad, but, but yeah, true. we'll think. Sad, wow, true. we were really obsessed with changing our appearance through plastic surgery, and that was somehow tied to the ritual of love and marriage. What? Right. Yeah. 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 Was, yeah. That was the news. All right. Oh, yeah. Good, Good job, time. T-Bone. The news with Teresa Strasser. Eat a dick, MSNBC. I'm oh. still thinking about Little Laguna Hills, by the way. Oh, yeah. God. That was a brilliant idea. Little Hills. Uh, little bumps. Hills. Yeah, Little Mouse. Bumps. Speed bumps. <laughs> yeah. You'd watch that. Yeah. All right. Quick shout out to our good friends over at uh, <laughs> Stitcher. It is uh, what you call an app. And we got a little extra content for you. That's right. You can uh, win yourself a trip to come out here and uh, come to L.A. and watch this podcast live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how. I think what? me and Donnie are going to tell you how. Is that what it says up there? Yeah. All right. So uh, listen to our Stitcher uh, extra content, and uh, Donnie and I are going to tell you how you can win a trip. If you're a real fan, you'll hang out and listen. That's at Stitcher.com. Stitcher.com. And I should also tell you that uh, Simon and uh, the crew are going to start the new season of Big Bang Theory. Uh, That is tonight. 
we're pre-taping the show, yes. so I'm doing uh, some uh, math. That's uh, tonight, 8 p.m., only on CBS. And uh, you can Twitter Simon at Simon Helberg. That's Simon Helberg. Anything else, uh, Simon? Uh, no, that's that's all my, my plugs. <clears throat> Thanks and congratulations, buddy. Thank you very much. And until next time, this is Adam Carolla for Paul Bryan, Simon Helberg, and Teresa Strasser saying mahalo. And now, Stitcher Radio presents your Adam Carolla Extra. Stitcher Extra content here with uh, the Wheeze. The Wheeze has a surprise. When I say surprise, I mean I'm going to be surprised by it. <laughs> Hopefully you will be as well, because he did not tell me before we began what we were going to do. So what are we going to do? Well, Weezer? this could either turn out good or bad. But before we get started, I want to tell everybody that you know this is the Stitcher Extra content for the contest. So make sure that you listen to the word the contest <clears throat> word to enter the contest to mm-hmm. get two people to come out here uh, if you're in another state to fly out here to LA and get to s- actually see a taping of the Adam Kroll show. Jeez. That's weird to even call it a taping in this digital uh, world. I know. It is tapeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. In so, any case, um, remember, uh, now I'll probably give too much away where you'll figure it out because you have that type of mind, but we were in Seattle at the live show and somebody said they were going to send us a gift. Here's right. the gift. Uh-huh. Now, some there was a tool, I believe, and the guy wanted to send me the tool. He wanted to give me a tool. Uh, well, it's a few things. The guy wanted to give me a tool, and I said, don't give me the tool, because the last time someone gave me a tool on the road, I had to fucking throw it away in the trash can in Chicago, at the, going through security at the airport. Yeah, would be partly right, but this is not a tool. Right. Huh? Uh, a tool. And this was a person that, that sent this to us, had to leave the event earlier, and somebody informed us that the person left, but they wanted to give you this. Mm-hmm. All right. This That's is brand op- new from 1961. Opened up an old box. Oh, yeah. It's some kind of... Oh, oh, a part from a vintage airport... Uh, from a B-19. No. B-27. No. Come on, you were right in the, at the event, and I was wrong, because I got all crazy thought it was a B-29. Uh, he said he was going to send us a valve or something from a... Uh, I don't know, it's a B-17. B-17. All right, well, it's a B-19. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. This is a large-ass, what looks to be stainless steel valve. Sodium-filled, and it's from, it's brand new, from 1961. Sodium-filled? Sodium-filled, and it's from the Curtis Wright Corporation. Uh-huh. And Aeronautical st- Division. And so they were still building these things in the 60s. By the way, it looks like... When I say a valve, and it was funny because I was standing in line, and the guy said an exhaust valve from a B B seventeen, mm-hmm. and when he said exhaust valve, I thought he meant like a valve, like a system, you know, a knob or something like you blow Some off or something. Yeah, pressure. I didn't know he meant like a valve, like an engine valve, because an engine valve just looks like a trumpet mouthpiece that's enlarged, essentially. Wow. Yes, that is uh, so. That is sweet. He actually did send it, and. The guy that sent it that had to leave early, his name is uh, Neil Morrison. Mm-hmm. And I forget the guy's name in Seattle that actually said that Neil is going to send this to you because he really thought you loved World War II. Good play. luck getting that weapon through, uh, uh, ironically, through an uh, airport, we w- right? We would have had to throw that out, yes, yeah. for sure. An air- we would have had to toss away an air- airplane part at the airport. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that's nice. God knows um, what I'm going to do with it, but that's nice. Real quick, I'm going to give some stats. All uh, right. The Boeing B-17 Flying Fortress was a four-engine heavy bomber aircraft developed in the 30s for the United States Army Air Corps. Mm-hmm. The B-17 uh, primary employment by the United States Air Force, Army Air Force uh, 
was yeah, used in the Air Force back then. No, it was the Army Air Force. And w in World War II, the plane was primar primarily used in daylight precision strategic bombing campaign in World War II. Yeah. Now, could you imagine going in the daytime, dropping these bombs over Germany? Like, no. Uh, I dig the Brits, but the Brits got to do it at night. Yeah. And we had to do it in the daytime. Yeah, a lot of casualties. Oh, my God. But the plane was incredible, very resilient, and uh, came back wounded, but brought back it, its... It is, uh, it is... I'll tell you what's crazy, just on the small scale uh, that we've done it on when we fly remote control airplanes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Stuff can break off an airplane and the shit will land. I mean, big whole tail sections and just parts of wings and stuff. It is pretty insane how the stuff continues to fly. I mean, we saw some of those things coming back, how shot up they were, how, you know, again, if you could imagine climbing into that plane and taking off in the condition it was when it landed, uh -huh. you'd never think it would get off the ground. Yeah. I mean, big pieces missing from those planes, and they came back and landed safely. But they're also just like tin cans. They weren't pressurized. Bullets just no. fly right through them. It was before pressurized. I, I believe the first pressurized airplane was a B-29. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. little uh, Hiroshima. Yep. Hiroshima. Hiroshima. And Nagasaki. Yep. Wow, that is uh, sweet. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I think it found its way to the right home because we will display it proudly, and we really got to thank Neil Morrison. Thanks, and, Neil. Uh, and I love the old box, and I love the fact that they put stuff in a weird bag and pack it in grease. Yeah, and grease. We're old, weird, greasy... Where smell it? it smells like the sixties. Oh yeah, it, it smells got that like weird antique smell. Smells like, like old porn. <laughs> smell it. It's that newspaper uh, porn magazine that's been yeah. stashed for forty years. Clear out! I got to yeah. beat off. Uh, one other thing, I just want to thank the men that flew those B seventeens and uh, keeping America free back then. Well, they're all dead. But anyway, tip of the cap from the wheeze. That was your Adam Carolla extra on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher wants to fly you and a friend to L.A. to come see a taping of The Adam Carolla Show. Just email the new word every day to adam at stitcher.com. We'll have another word and another chance for you to enter tomorrow on your Stitcher Adam Carolla Extra. Winner will be announced Friday, October 1st. Go to stitcher.com for official rules. Hey, kitties, Ace Man here. Your Stitcher secret word for today is unicycle. So I like to leave before people are sick of me, but I haven't done that. I'm still here. Yeah, listeners know when you ghosted us. We discussed the last episode. Yeah, that's right. I know. I know. <laughs> I I feel like we've had we've healed. We've done some healing. Oh yeah, you, you definitely apologized to us and said your actual goodbye message, and now we're kind of fine with it. And also, Allison Rosen got a huge boost, and then Gina got to be the news girl, the longest running one ever. So uh, overall, win win for all of us, I guess. But uh, that's it was, true. It, it was a really big career boost for Allison. And I know it was a great experience for Gina. I think she was there eight years. So right, I made running. I made room. I yep. made room for others. You made opportunities for other women in media. Thank you. Just like Adam Carolla. I know. Look You're at these feminist heroes. Exactly. He's basically Gloria Steinem. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, he had Daily Hagger on, a uh, comedy writer. Uh, I, pr I pronounced her last name wrong because it sounds like the name of Mike Hagger from a Final Fight video game series I love. So it's a term of endearment. She was a runner, uh, writer on the Too Late Show or Adam's uh, Too Late Prod, whatever it was. I remember her. Show. And uh, she came on the ACS to confirm that like during the Me Too movement that Adam was the 
least me too y boss of anybody possible. So like if I've there been, was ever I've been screaming this from the rooftops. I work with that guy for so long. He is the yes, he is the least me too. Least mean, likely to grope. Yes. Like Or say anything right. weird or like like try to make it like he's hinting at some weird sex stuff. No, he just left. He's never gonna say anything weird. He's probably not even gonna look you in the eye. A former news girl who's not you and not uh, Gina Grad uh, recently on a podcast with her husband who maybe uh, doesn't have hard feelings but maybe just not the happiest exit uh, recently was asked like uh, who they like all celebrities who would they never believe an accusation about if it came out the Me Too was a male celebrity and they both like simultaneously said Adam Carolla it's like what really it's like wow so like geez you guys are super honest <laughs> but also like that even permeates the people who maybe aren't the happiest with Adam at certain moments. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't like him, you have to admit he regularly promoted women to positions of power. In, was, you know, still a bunch in, of women who work on staff. Right, and uh, yeah, and he's just like not pervy with women. End of story. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of refreshing. It's like, oh man, at least I'll never have to like uh, have worry about when Adam or Drew forsakes me that way. Like, I'm never gonna have to worry about that coming out. Like their Bill O'Reilly moment with the uh, phone call. I will say there was one guest. And she was so unbelievably, ridiculously, stunningly beautiful that I did sense like, oh, this is like, this is tough because this is, and it was like exactly his type. She was, gosh, what was her name? Rachel. She had been Miss USA, maybe Miss America. She went on to be. She went on to be like on Entertainment Tonight or Extra or one of those shows oh. as a correspondent. Somewhere I have a picture of her with Danny Bonaducci and Adam Carolla and I. And she we look America like two. This girl and I look like two different species. Okay. I'm going to. I'm like, I'm later. I'm going to text you this picture. Miss USA 2007 was Rachel Smith. That's her. Okay. Are you seeing a picture of her? Yeah, she's 38, uh, Panama City, Panama, Belmont University. Let me see if I can find was, her. Oh, yeah, she she's got like a kind of a darker Lynette vibe going on. Yeah, she's got Lynette vibes. Yeah. Uh, the other one was uh, Natalie uh, Segugliotti, Natalia Segugliotti, but I think she was like a stage name. She called herself Natalie for some of her bookings. She did the MTV Love Line, and then she was supposed to be on the radio show, and I think she canceled both times. And then Adam ultimately named Natalia after her because he was so like taken by her like essence. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I that that's got that I think Lynette was a great sport about oh, yeah. all, all hey, Lynette, of that. this hot chick I used to want to bone who was an actress on uh, 90210. We're naming her daughter after that, all right? She's like, fine, <laughs> we're naming our son after the guy from The Godfather who has like a sad story. Okay. <laughs> I just I think I remember Lynette always being a good sport. There was all these beautiful women, actresses, there were adult film stars, there oh, were yeah. all kinds. And Adam would flirt on air with them sometimes, and sometimes it was a bit, but then people would report back to Lynette, especially like in the Love Line days. Just thought you should know. Well, she 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 didn't have a problem, but I think even Lynette, if I recall correctly, when Rachel Smith came when she when she saw a picture of her, I think she knew, oh, that's that's Adam's type. She stabbed a knife through the fridge door. <laughs> through the fridge? Yeah, with with the picture on it. She's, she's, she's oh. proud about it. <laughs> Adam's really smitten. Uh, yeah, it, it's great. Uh, Love Line Days, there was like a Crystal Method came out with a stripper, and she was uh, motorboating Adam on air, so his headphones were knocked off. Lynette didn't really care about that one. <laughs> so there, there's a lot of examples. Great sport. Uh, the ones that she would always get pissed about were Victoria Silstead, because she would come on, and she was basically like, I have a hot tub, Adam. And like a really Swedish accent. <laughs> 
And then, like, she was like, fuck that bitch. <laughs> Those were always yeah. fun. Yeah. Back yeah. That. yeah. No, uh, Rachel, by the way, for the record, Rachel acted totally appropriately. Oh, she yeah. was professional. Oh, she yeah. was fine. She just has. She was being preyed just, upon by the host of a show she was on. <laughs> she had. There was no, no untoward activity on either side. It was it's weird just you brought those- that up. It's weird you brought that up. I'm what? not going to say which one, but there may be a news girl tryout who mm-hmm. may or may not have posed in Playboy, who may or may not have had to like change before recording. Uh, because you know, living in LA, it's really hard to get around. You have to do different kind of jobs. There's different kinds of wardrobe restrictions. I may have decided to do that in their vehicle, uh, in possibly in front of the studio, and an unnamed person who no longer works there, who I thought may have ran you off but didn't, may have seen that and uh, presumed she was trying to entice him and get the job. Wow. Yeah, and it's like, it's like well, because this person posed in Playboy, or they're changing their car, they're trying well, to show you something. Let me tell you that I've changed in my car many times when I first moved to LA. I'm sure that person has as well. I'm sure Adam has as well, based on their old. Story. I think we all have. When I first moved to LA, I haven't. I, I'm above board. I'm an honest <laughs> citizen. I'm not going to jail, you freak. I didn't have air conditioning in my car, so if I had an audition, I had like my one white Oxford shirt that I would wear to every audition. You can't I would it hang out. it. Yeah, to hang it. And then I drive there because I didn't want to sweat through the shirt. <laughs> and then I would change in the parking lot. Or hey, are we going to hire that lady or the stinky lady? Let's hire that lady. Right. <laughs> and even the stinky lady most, was funny. Yeah, but she stinks. But even like Geo, I mean, two weeks ago I was doing a shoot in Prescott, Arizona, and like I needed a change shirt, and I just changed in the uh, in the car in the Channel Seven car in a parking lot because. What? That's just what you do. You're very lucky a roving unnamed person didn't see you and pull over to give you a lecture and scream at you and call you some abusive words. Well, it's bizarre to think that like he assumed she was trying to uh, sing him some kind of mermaid siren song. I know. So interesting topics to discuss. Uh, Speaking of, uh, we haven't talked about something that's very interesting in the the top of my mind. It's your book. What is your book for all the people who have never heard about it before? Okay. I'm sorry if if you have, but if you're new. Spin a new one, T. Tell us about a weird (laughs) chapter. (laughs) <laughs> um, about a weird chapter of your book. Let's title it. Let's name it. Okay. So the book is called making it home life lessons from a season of little league. Oh, I have it right now. Um, I just have it in my hand. Let me read you a couple of the, there's, there's some really weird juicy shit inside your pregnancy book. There's like, this isn't a pregnancy book. Dope. There's a, I think the juicy stuff inside this book is all about my stepmother. That's oh. I think, People well, that ask time about, you and Nelson buried that kid in the field that you don't talk about. Yeah, I don't write. That'll be for the next book. But um, uh, let's see. Yeah, that I'm getting, trying to get a good chapter title for you. Um, my, I think this is my favorite. Oh, on the side of the Santa Monica Angels. That's a, a chapter about um, my brother's all-star team, which was in Santa Monica, actually called the Angels, which um, – is befitting. God, that must have been 1980, maybe. And oh, yeah. I'm I, from Kirkland, Washington, home of the 1983 World Champs Little League team. Really? You, wait, you've seen you've seen the 30 for 30. Wait a second. There's a 30 for 30 about Little League, and I haven't seen it. Dude, 1983, I think, is the team Kirkland, Washington. They did not all end up in the best of places. The field they play out. That's where I used to hang out as a kid. That's where Mike August and Adam walked around without me when I had to fill in for Donnie, and I didn't get paid, and nobody hung out with me. And they went down like my favorite places where I grew up. It would have been like my favorite thing in the world to show them. I had no idea they were doing it. 
super bummer. And they hung out at the bleachers of that uh, – Okay. Well, as this book is about one single season of Little League, I spent with my dad, which we turned into our little grief group there in the bleachers. I cannot. I love everything to do with Little League. Have we? T- I can't remember if we talked about the Goodwill Hunting scene where they they stop by the Little League game. It's a one and a half minute scene. I think we touched on it, but please go into it. What, what's your thoughts about it? I just love that scene because they stop by and they uh, they get really into my Little favorite League. Little League scene is from the movie Doctor Sleep. I don't know that movie. Oh, it's a sequel to The Shining. Uh, it's a movie sequel and book sequel by uh, Mike Flanagan. He's a genius. And there's a sequence where uh, essentially there's a bunch of people who have The Shining powers, and they're tracking down other people who have them, including children, including a star Little League player played by uh, young Jacob Tremblay, who fucking knocks out of the park, and they abduct him beside the road and then uh, steal his soul and uh, murder him in a field. So it's a really inappropriate reference. Okay, well, on a happier note, <laughs> all of my Your chapters, dad should watch it and pretend it's the guy you hate from the opposing team that beat your son. All of the, um, most of the chapter, all of the chapters being, begin with quotes, and many of them are famous baseball quotes. So here's Dope. a chapter. Uh, chapter six is called, Hello, Goodbye, Shalom, and Play Ball. And that starts with the, with the quote, Baseball is like church. Many attend, but few understand. Love that one. Uh, it's, it's insightful. It seems like uh, initially like shallow, but if you think about it, like, oh no, that's exactly what church and religion is. Uh, that's that's pretty good. And I actually, I feel like I feel the same about both. Like, you know, you're right. I'm one of those people. Oh no. And this is another one for any uh, parents of little leaguers. This is a quote by Earl Wilson: "For the parents of a little leaguer, a baseball game is simply a nervous breakdown divided into nine innings." <laughs> I love that. As we're recording this, the Phillies are probably losing to the diamondbacks when i came in here we were down but you know my husband's from philly so i had to convert um i think we were down four runs in the fifth inning so i just i don't think we came back but i'm too scared to check the score i I love that you're so into baseball and like how much that's permeated your life based on your sons it's such a beautiful uh testament how much you love them Uh, it's so funny you talk about this like like that quote about the baseball and like the parents that's the opposite of like Adam's parents. <laughs> like the, the nervous know. break of nine Yeah, the nervous break of When can the fuck I get out of here? What the fuck is this? I hate these people. Well, for me, because both my kids pitch, is so nerve-wracking. And yeah. so even when I'm watching the major leaguers, like we – okay, so we took the kids out of school early because we got tickets to the playoffs, Diamondbacks. We live in Arizona, Diamondbacks, Phillies. How many, like, my husband has been a lifelong Phillies fan, and he's never been to a playoff game. So we took the kids out of school early, took them to the so game. Cool. Phillies lost, and then we decided we were bad luck, and we stayed away for uh, the last game, which the Philly, which the Phillies won. But now they're back in Philadelphia. Anyway, there's That's a just sense- good science. Right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Because there's a sense that you control the world. Like, when the Phillies lost here, we had to ask ourselves, what could we have done differently today? One last tangent. There's an offshoot. Uh, there's a uh, TV show called Night Visions that failed. Henry Rollins hosted it. It's a modern day Twilight. I remember that. Uh, September 11th happened, so it kind of got cut short. There's an episode that aired really early. Miguel Ferrar, uh, deceased, rest in peace, uh, bloodline guest, wonderful dude, cousin of George Clooney. Um, anyways, uh, co-stars, uh, what's his face from Clockwork Orange, uh, McDowell. He's a crazy man who goes into a psychiatrist's office. He's like tapping himself, doing all these moves. And he's like, calm down, man. What's going on? He's like, I have to keep doing this or bad stuff will happen. He's like, you're crazy. He's like, if I, don't stop, if I stop doing this one, planes will fall out of the sky. He's like, what? Nuts. So they, they sedate him, give him drugs. The guy touches him. And then like he walks out of his office. His secretary hung, her, hung herself. 
his car slipped over outside. Like the laws of physics don't work anymore. So then he like comes back and he's like, "Tell me what you're doing. How, what is this one?" I tap myself. He's like trying to like learn the guy's taps and twists to like make the world run. Well, I guess it is. I guess extreme superstition is kind of a form of OCD. But yep. as I as Adam's I talked well, about, the guys chewing the seeds up on camera in high def. We played that clip to death. I was going to play it today, but we played it recently. The up close, the guys are like chewing the speed, seeds and spitting them out high def on the camera. He's like, why do I have to watch this? And the guy's like doing it like almost like a fetish. Like he has to keep doing it the same way. I don't know if you're a Bull Durham person, but that's one of the that's a, a quote I use at the top of one of my chapters is a. Uh, don't fuck with a winning streak. <laughs> so if you took a certain route or you listened to a certain song or you wore like certain sliding shorts under your pa- socks, whatever, I think part of it, there's an OCD, but part of it is like, I, I, I don't want to fuck with the winning streaks. Whatever I was doing when things went my way, I have to keep doing that thing. And yes, it flies in the face of science, but it's also just human nature. My baseball knowledge comes from Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck and Adam Kroll's description of uh, famous dudes' penises from the Celebrity Dodgers locker game. And that's basically how you what you know about baseball? Pretty much, yep. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I mean, and then he robbed a homer off uh, Brian McKnight. It's ridiculous. But let's get to a clip because we talk about everything under the sun. Teresa's book, Make It Home, Masterpiece. I have three physical copies. I own it, uh, Audible copy. I bought it. I've, uh, I'm ready. I'm still reading the paperback copy and I have the audible copy of two chapters in. I kind of screwed myself because I, I restarted it. And that's like a video game where you get like halfway. And you're like, what do I do now? Uh, I, I, do I start that other one or do I go back and just finish a paperback? Uh, Teresa has always encouraged me to be a better reader and, uh, recommended many books to me over the years. She's kind of like my secret, uh, book club, but going back to the clips, Adam Carolla show 412, Steven Adler in studio, still alive. Fantastic. Kinsey Schofield uh, doing the news. Let's find out how good she did. And Brian Bishop. This is one of the first fill in gals after uh, Teresa left who isn't like a stunt news person, kind of like Alana Ubach came on and did the news, but she wasn't trying to get the job, I don't think. She still had an acting career and she was busy doing like hung at the time. So this is Kinsey Schofield trying out September 22nd of 2010. Check it out. Kinsey. Yes. How are you feeling about uh, doing a little news? I would love it. I would love to do well, some news. Well, let's do some news. Teresa Strasser is on assignment and Vicodin. <laughs> so now, with the news, Kinsey Schofield. Hey, hey, hey. Well, I'm super excited to announce that uh, the situation mm. from Jersey Shore is in the number he's number 10 in the top 10 grossing entertainment apps his he's got really his app yes you it's a, it's got the gtl locator so if mm-hmm. you're in the mood to go to the gym or mm-hmm. tan or do mm-hmm. some laundry mm-hmm. no matter where you are in the world you got the hookup it's uh-huh. gonna you're gonna be able to find a location uh-huh. for uh-huh. such activity wow. Wow. um also uh you it's gonna give you some of his favorite quotes um, how to? It's a video game called Do- uh, Grenade Dodger, which on the show you'll know that that's Fugly Girls. How to sure. avoid some fugs? Must be nice for the future husbands of the grenades oh. <laughs> to watch those reruns in like eight years. Hey, my <laughs> wife was uh, on. Uh, she was on Jersey Shore. Oh, what? Uh, which was she? One of? No, she's one of the grenades. One of the fat chicks. Oh God, I, I hope not. I think the situation said he'd let her blow him. I think that's what went on. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. God yeah. bless you too. May but, may you go on for a thousand years. Th- people are actually paying five dollars for this app. Which really? I would much rather spend that at Burger King. I can't imagine yeah, trying spending- to lose us that six pack. Right. Yeah. The situation. <laughs> I know we're all so fucking. 
<laughs> um, it always it also gives you a workout routine in case any of you are interested in, in having an app, some abs like the situation. Well, I would so say steroid cycles too. Just how you want to inject? Uh, no, he wouldn't do steroids. He's got a doesn't that make your me? wiener small? Are you kidding me? I would say flexing your abs for the cameras twenty five thousand times a day is its own workout. You know what I mean? Like you pulling your shirt up and pointing at your belly and doing the weird six pack thing. You think that's all it is? I I think that is. I think his workout is pointing at his workout. He's got to he's got to be in the gym sometime. But I'm always seeing him like in front of a camera. But Dancing with the Stars should definitely be pumping up his 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 physique though. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I thought this was really interesting. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Aniston is mm-hmm. bitching that she doesn't have Sandra Bullock's career. What does that mean? She wants. She's frustrated that people are still talking about Brad Pitt and Angelina, and they're not focusing on her great IMDb profile mm. of all the work she's done. And she says, um, you know, that should be me when she looks at Sandra Bullock. Well, is she just trying to? Tip her bra strap at Sandra Bullock, or is she really kind of being bitchy about it? No, she went. She's done her fair share of shitty movies over the last eight years. Correct. She went into her agent's office and just said, "You know, what's the game plan? How can I have Sandra Bullock's career? Why?" Really? She's got a point. But but what is her point? Sandra Bullock should be the model for like transitioning from sort of when she was in Speed and sort of a hot young starlet du jour into a pretty respected actress. You know what I mean? And uh, for, uh, we're not talking steps. about Jesse James anymore. We've already let that go, and yeah. you know we're still talking about Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Do uh, speaking before we get too far away from uh, Dancing with the Stars, mm-hmm. do, uh, do you guys have Dawson? Do you guys uh, pull up that uh, Bristol Palin thing? Yeah. Now let me let me set this up because. Um, I had an episode that I won't repeat because uh, it takes too long and people have heard it too many times. But uh, I was when I was doing Dancing with the Stars, I was riding my unicycle at some point, and every time when they do the rolling package, they film you rehearsing the entire week. And when they film you, they film you rehearsing the dance. Right. And the chick who was filming in ch- my segment producer kept wanting to film me riding, practicing on my unicycle. And I told her, no, because it's going to be a reveal. We have to show, you have to watch the show. You'll see my dance partner on the floor for about 10 seconds, and then you'll see me come out of the shadows on my unicycle versus watching me rehearse on my unicycle for the roll-in package, which comes in just before the dance begins. It's shown on the Jumbotron at the show, and it's full screen when you're at home. So it's literally the the 45 to 1 minute, 1 minute and 10 seconds before the dance is when you'll see it, which, as I say all the time when I was trying to tell the bitch it was trying to convince me to get on my unicycle, whether it's sports or it's uh, theater, or it's comedy, or it's drama, or whatever, seeing or talking about what's going to happen before it happens is not a great plan. If you're watching the Super Bowl, no one wants to talk about David Tyree pinning the ball to the top of his head that Eli Manning threw to him to win the Super Bowl for the Giants. We want to see it and then stand up and cheer, not discuss it three minutes beforehand. Yeah, there's a reason the Oscar hosts don't practice their routines on Leno the night before, because it's going to be a wonderful surprise to everyone. This, and it's so funny, I've I've grown immune to it, but I was watching Dancing with the Stars last night, and I was watching with my wife, and this is how they do. This is is one of, if not the biggest show on television. This is their segment producing. 
This is what takes place literally seconds before the dance. This is the roll-in package. I've always listened to my mom growing up, but there have been this times that I haven't. Ballas, so this song is kind of a playoff of that. Bristol. What I'm thinking is like, you're in your dress. We're going to have Bristol dress up kind of like her mom, very conservatively. And then like sure. whatever this dress is, will tear off into something like, kabam! Yeah, That'd I be kind of sexy, I think. Boom, God. Right, all right. So the point is... 31 seconds later, when right. they were on the stage and she was dressed like a spinstress with a collar and long sleeves and everything, I turned to my wife and said, well, I guess we know that yeah. he's going to walk over and kabam, tear the dress off into this and then she'll be wearing this short little revealing whatever. But that's an excellent piece of television producing. Explain what the surprise is before the surprise is revealed. Seconds! Not a commercial break. <laughs> Seconds before the fucking reveal, what? you fucking and retards. That wasn't even interesting either. I no. wasn't even enthralled, and I would much rather wait till it came on. They have eight hours of uh, eight hours. Sorry, eighty hours of footage <laughs> to choose from. Now we can watch the dance. Should we do the Mississippi? Let's see how long it takes before. There, <laughs> now she's sitting up there, dressed like a librarian. Crystal Palin and her partner Mark Ballas. All right, let's see when the music starts. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi. She hasn't even moved yet. Six Mississippi. Now here it's gonna come. Now, you're, now obviously we know what's gonna happen because he told us 28 seconds earlier. Oh, oh I'm shocked. Look at that. I am shocked. Right. And what a surprise. That's incompetent. It's incompetent! And they really... She's so boring. We need surprises. Oh, my surprises. God. It's like somebody... She, she looked like a rhino. You know after they dart rhinos? But <laughs> somewhere between the time they get darted and the time they fall over. Oh! You know, before they can come up and tag them. Steve Nather has no idea you're talking about. <laughs> he got darted by Dr. Drew. Shouldn't she, be, shouldn't she be at home with her kid? Yes. Incompetent. Yes, Brian? That's the word that jumped to mind. You should get some intel on this and find out if it's the same segment producer from those years back. Yeah. Every... Because that is... That you is, should regulate on that woman. That's pathological. Don't discuss the big reveal or the big move and, and not, not only discuss... Do not show Spoil. the big move. You are so Spoil. irate about Step this. On. I am. I love your passion. Because I got no fucking drag, a knockdown drag out fight with my segment producer about it. Like, yeah. no, that's fucking stupid. Did Don't she, do that. And, and did you, it register to her that you were making a very good point? No. <laughs> and the reason it didn't register to that cunt is two days later when we sat down to do the just one on one interview, she said, okay. Now, tell me about the unicycle. And I said, is, is this going to air in the Roland package before the dance? And she said, <laughs> yeah, it is. And I said, you don't understand. I don't want to discuss the unicycle because it's going to be a surprise. And she stopped and she said, I think people would be interested in hearing about it. And I said... They don't need to hear about it. They're going to see it in 25 seconds. Let's discuss posting. And Yes, and she paused and she said, well, I guess we'll just agree to disagree. Here's and then I went biatch. nuts on her. Here's the worst part about that. That's, that doesn't even, they can't even chalk that up to having like a bad sense of humor. That's just not understanding story structure, development, That's, drama, yeah. basic tenets of storytelling. Yes, you had one of the dancers explain that you were going to do a surprise reveal by ripping the clothes off. The other person 
less than 40 seconds before you actually did that. With no interruptions and no breaks, no nothing. If it had been done in an exciting way that had caught me, I could totally justify it, but it was completely you know, put together and, and scripted. So I'm, you know, he probably said it five different times to get the I, right quote. I, 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 it was boring that time, and then it, the actual on the floor it was, was that much worse. more boring because you knew what was right. going to happen. And the outfit wasn't even that scandalous, so it was still like... Oh, I, it's, it's absolutely insane, and uh, I will I will talk to the people over there about uh, this this insanity that they do. And, uh, yes, if you see the beginning of my dance, and uh, you don't have to, but I, I come out of the shadows. So to talk about where I am and what I'm riding beforehand, is uh, it's incompetent. It's, it's a uh, reveal. Ryan, let's say. It's just supposed to be a reveal. Try to, wait, Brian, yeah. we're just going to agree to disagree on this one, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, people won't Agree know. to disagree. Now, you have your opinion? You're yeah. on top. This is, by the way, can I say this? This is... One of the problems we've caused in our society by everyone being an individual, everyone having the right to their opinion, nobody being wrong, and everyone getting a participation trophy when they played soccer. I had some 25-year-old cunt from Florida giving me the, you know what? You think you know? I know I know. Let's just go separate ways. And it's like, no, bitch. You're wrong. Fucking eat it and shut the fuck up. Well, and you are a viewer too, so you you know exactly you know what. Well, not only that, I'm the forty-something-year-old guy who does comedy for a living. You're the twenty-something-year-old bitch who just got off a bus from Tallahassee. How about you shut the fuck up? Kinsey seems shocked at your liberal use of the c word. No, Sorry, baby. see you next Tuesday. I it love it. It will yeah, not be <laughs> I like that. It will not be not not once Adler gets in here. <laughs> all right, was that all your news? You did half a story, and then I went on a rampage. Oh, um, well, if it's, I, I also have Paris Hilton was detained in Japan um, over the fact that you know she just pled guilty to you know the crack or whatever the cocaine that she was sure, caught with but sure. i'm not surprised by it because that story just came out a couple of weeks ago that she hid cocaine in her vagina with a camel cigarette pack so i'm complete i wasn't I, I was shocked that she was shocked wait a minute she hid cocaine in her yeah, vagina joe, joe francis came joe out camel or joe francis <laughs> joe francis joe came camel out toe? Came out and said, you know, that she wasn't. She had when she would fly, when she would travel, and, and ha- would take drugs with her. She'd put it in like a camel cigarette pack, and she'd stick it in her cooter. And well, so, I, I mean, you tell me. I don't want to get. Uh, I don't want to get. Uh, Dawson just I have, it off against the thing. I have heard that it's like throwing a, a hot dog down a hallway with help. Really? So oh. I don't know what all she can. Oh, hey, girl, hey. I don't. Uh, we're reacting to a picture, by the way. Uh, <laughs> let me t- ask you something, cooter wise. Yeah, go for it. Uh, because you know, I feel like I could use that. You know, little change purse there <laughs> at the airport myself. Not not for drugs per se, but you know, I, there's a lot of shit I have to get. Like, I'll put it this way: uh, little little clippers, like toenail clippers or something right. like that. If if I took something, that could backfire, dude. Yeah. It's, well, no, I I'd need like a half a cigar tube. Okay. Oh. But I mean, would that work? Could I? Could you walk around comfortably? Um, something I, like that. Personally, I couldn't because I like to think of my my cooter as something sacred. <laughs> Um, but I'm pretty sure somebody like Paris Hilton could. Oh, did you say Rye Cooter? Because I really love his work. <laughs> He's a great guitar player. <gasps> no, 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 Rye Cooter. Oh. Uh, I'm going to have to very, Google it. Very accomplished. Google, it. Very, uh, go- Google Rye Cooter. I, I, I <laughs> you know, Dawson knows fucking Rye Cooter. Come on, buddy. 
Um, yeah. But yes, so she was detained for six hours by immigration over in Japan. I guess she was trying, she's trying to promote her fall and winter collection. Little right, cooter for you. So all the excuse I'd need to check her vagina anywhere she went. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just felt I cannot let you into the shuttle van without first uh, taking a peek down below. <laughs> yeah. Right Cooters work with everyone. One of these kind of... Uh, right Cooter be one of those musicians' musicians? I don't know. What, I don't know what to say about it. Was that right. a toto? Otherwise, no. I have no use for it. Let's, uh, let's bring in Adler. Should we do that? Yeah. We'll get to the rest of the Adler's going to have to tell us about Cooter, too. Yeah. I bet Adler knows Hi, a lot about Cooter. Hey. Good to see you, Stephen. Hi, Adam. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Have a seat Hi. right there. Hi, Adler. Nice to meet you. Oh, yeah. So, Stephen right Adler, you've heard of Rye Cooter, yes? Rye Cooter, well, I thought you were talking about her Cooter. <laughs> okay, now Hopefully about you haven't cooter, heard about my Cooter. No, no disrespect, but I'm pretty sure it gets beaten like a stepchild. Oh, okay. no, <laughs> I don't know, no That's cooter. disrespect. I don't know, no Cooter over there. No disrespect. No disrespect. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's a heap of disrespect. How dare you? No, nothing but love. Nothing but love. How, how you feeling? Right off the bat, hold on, Am. I have to tell yeah. you. Mm. I'm such a huge fan. First, thank you for having me sure, come down sure. here. Two, where the hell did you find this place? It's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, if you're hip, it is, but right. if and, you're uncool. And, and three, I love the on family guy. Oh, really? What that? What you got the greatest voice. I love your voice. <laughs> thank you. Well, speaking of your voice, it's cleared up quite a bit since uh, your last uh, stint on uh, Celebrity Rehab with yes. Dr. Drew. How you I feeling? love Dr. Drew. I hear he's coming tomorrow. Yeah, he's yes, coming in here. I love him. Please tell him I love him. I, I shall. Thank you. Hey, how, many, how, many days, the how many days clean and sober <laughs> oh, do we now, have? Now I'm, I'm past days. I relapsed about, it's been like nine months ago. Mm-hmm. I never, believe it or not, all the drugs that I have done, I never did Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. And one night I was in the right place at the wrong time. Said yes when I should have said no. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, my wife took a picture of me passed out in the hallway of our house. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I immediately called Slash and Dr. Drew up. Mm-hmm. And said, I, I got myself in another pickle again, Doc. That's quite a combination to have on your speed dial, Slash <laughs> and Dr. Drew. Yeah, you know yeah, you're right. I got a good speed dial. So, uh, how is Slash doing these days? He's wonderful. He's a really sweet guy. He I don't know if people best. know that about Slash. Like, um, I don't know Axel personally. He, Axel's a sweetheart too, but not as sweet as Slash. No, no, Slash is just a nice Jewish he, boy. Like when it really <laughs> comes down to it, right? <laughs> if he was Jewish, but he's a nice no, boy. I thought he was half Jewish. <laughs> no, that's not funny. I love that that one show. He with the the guy said there was one like a behind the music that the guy said that Slash's dad was some immigrant. His dad. His dad. His dad is no immigrant. His name he's is Saul. English dude. His name is real name Saul, Saul right? Yeah, Saul. That's a little Jewy. Cussing <laughs> <laughs> a Jew there. Well, somebody figure out. Someone find out oh, yeah, all the songs is. that Ry Cooter's written, and also, <laughs> also if uh, Slash is half Jew or, or not. So, Stephen, let's talk. Let's talk about your journey, because oh. that's that's what we got. We got time for the journey over here. Yeah. Uh, Guns and Roses. How old are you when Guns and Roses explodes? Because twenty-one. You have to be young. Oh yeah. Well, we were, I've been doing music professionally. We're getting paid. Right. Since um, I was 17. Where'd you grow up? In Hollywood. You grew up out here? Right off Santa Monica and Fairfax. And? Right down the street from Canada's Deli. 
Oh, really? Yeah. That's a weird... Did you go to Fairfax High? I went to Fairfax... Well, me and Slash went to Fairfax <laughs> High for about a month, maybe. Right, right. Wow. And did you and Slash met initially, originally? Well, we met uh, when we were 11 at Bancroft Junior High School, which is off uh, La Brea in Santa Monica. Right, right. Same, same and basically same neighborhood. And, and we proceeded to ditch school every day after we met. We did school every day a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mother, mother, black and uh, father English, but no Jew. No, no, Jew, no Jew in there. there. I guess the Saul part always uh, always screwed me up. And maybe you two hanging His out. His brother is named Albion. Yeah. yeah, the brother named Albion. Really? Yeah. So, where, what kind of language is that? I have no goddamn idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Definitely not a Jew. So you meet, you meet Slash way back in the day. You realize uh, you're not going to be valid Victorian, but you are going to rock and roll. Yeah. And how's the band come together? When's Axel stumble into the mix? Axel and, and Izzy came together as a pair. Mm-hmm. We, me and Slash, you know, we used to, you know, walk up and down Sunset Boulevard, and one night we, we found a flyer on a, on a sidewalk and. The guitar player and the singer looked really cool. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to check them out, and they were playing Gazaris. Mm-hmm. The Godfather Rock and, and Roll. Godfather Rock and Roll. Sure. And we went in, and Axel and Izzy had a band called Rose. Mm-hmm. And we list, we just watched it for like 10 minutes, and I looked at Slash and said, if we get that guitar player and that singer and a kick-ass bass player, we will have the greatest band. And, and we met Duff, and we met Duff like a month later. You, you know, it's such a weird, you know, back, you know, now you can just go on the internet, and you can go on YouTube, and you can watch guys play oh, and all that kind of stuff, but back then it was like a lot of ads in the in it music was work. magazines and walking up and down. Yeah, and, it was, and, it was work, and, and like, you did the promotion. If you you're a band, you need a stapler and flyers That's and it. telephone poles, and think about what the telephone poles used to look oh, like up and down like something. It was great. Those were, dude, that was the end of the good times. Yeah, that was the last of the good times was the eighties, and I'm so glad I've got to be a part of it. And you guys, and in my book, you know, I got my new oh, book, yeah, Adler, the book. Uh, My Appetite for Destruction. I bought you a copy. Uh, right thank on. you, thank you very much. So you could check that out. And you, there's just stories of like when I did meet Slash, and the things that we went through, and and they're not all fun, you know, funny games, but there was a lot of it. But what is it's, it's exciting you'll enjoy it what what was the deal like how would you assess axel rose is he a good guy who has some very deep wounds i mean here's a guy who didn't seem like he had a great childhood and has never really I, let it go i don't know anybody who had a great childhood <laughs> okay <laughs> did you guys have a great time i know brian, when i was a teenager brian i, was, had a I hated it brian time. had a great childhood no no my, look yeah read the book you'll see how no, my but, childhood was but all right, but you know, well, <laughs> no, Axel is a wonderful person, and in my book, I, I tell the story of, of. See, he's done a couple of real goofy things. Yes, we all know that. You can't deny it. But he's also done a lot of really, really great things, and he was always very, he's he's very smart. He's no dumb dumb. No, and he's he's a, very, he's a big intellectual. Right, and he knows what he's doing, but sometimes he gets a little lost. I personally, I don't know if he's gonna get mad at me if once he hears this, but whoever this psychic is that he lives with, obviously can't be too good. He's living with a psychic. Some psychic lady, man. Cleo? I keep hearing psychic <laughs> is running his show. Like, obviously, she can't be too good. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, 
Jesus no, Christ. No, that's why, that's why you visit psychics. You don't check up with psychics. And by yeah. the way, who wants to live with someone who knows what you just did or what you're going to do? You know what I mean? No one wants to live with Dion Warwick. That's fucking trouble. I think I would want to live with Dion Warwick. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just make we her sing, sing in the you know, shower the together? way to San Jose 300 oh. times a day. <laughs> Uh, so you guys hook up, and how, and, and, you know, Rose becomes Guns N' Roses. Rose became Hollywood Rose, and then it came, became Guns N' Roses. How many lean years did you guys have? And not many, right? I mean, did it, it took off fairly quickly? No, you know, it's, it's nice that you could say, wow, it happened overnight, but it didn't. There was a lot of work. We spent a lot of time rehearsing and writing these songs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time promoting the band. I mean, our first show was at the Troubadour, and there was literally three people there. Really? And then it, with all the work and all the playing everywhere we could, we mm-hmm. play anywhere. Backyard parties, uh, fraternity parties, those were always fun. Sure. Over at UCLA, those were some good times. The, the, uh, but we worked, like you were saying, we worked our ass off, and... and and we built a following. I think. I think guns. I think you know one of the, the best compliments you can pay to Guns and Roses is, in in a era where there was a fa- you know there was a fair amount of bands that were a little little more hairspray than actual musicianship, and there was sort of you know, a little you know flash in the pan kind of stuff. Actually, there was a band called Flash in the Pan that had a hit <laughs> called Hey Saint Peter. It's a good song. But the point is this. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to hear. I like. I really like. I don't really need to hear Cinderella or Warren like a- anymore. That stuff doesn't hold up. But the Guns and Roses stuff is I, one of the only bands from that era that holds still up. Still playing. That made, yeah, I still hear it in movies. Okay, and I'm hearing Hey St. Peter from it, uh, Flash de- in the Pan. Definitely still cool to listen to Guns and Roses. Yeah, I, you know, and it, the music it, holds up. I mean, it sounds yeah, good. And more, you know what? More than anything, I would I would love to do a reunion. Mm. Yeah, you know, I would love to do a reunion tour, not just for myself, but I think you know Axel owes it. We all five of us owe it to the fans. Well, how does to, to do this? How, and, and I don't see why he wouldn't want to do it. How does that you know, work? But, I mean, a goofball, so what do you expect? I, I know, but I mean, <laughs> let, let's let's discuss this for a second. Everybody would be for it creatively and monetarily, obviously. I mean, it's great money. Yeah. And uh, Axel has given the uh, Chinese democracy thing and the solo thing. I mean, he's he's given it a couple of shots, right? right. He, and, he, He's not. I mean, he's not working. It's not no, working out not quite working. as well as he I would think like it to work out. Worked, right? If it would have worked, I think it would have worked out better for him if he didn't call it Guns N' Roses. I mean, like Sting does solo stuff. He calls it Sting. Right. He doesn't call it, you know, the police because it's not. Yeah. Glenn, Axel should have doesn't call Axel it. Axel should have called it War. Right. W dash A dash R W Axel Rose. Right. War. Right. That's what he should have called it. Then I'm sure it would have been much big, bigger for him. Well, people, were, you know, are, what do you, what do you think is so many, what is the, his motivation? I mean, other than you know what, being I don't kind even of know. I don't fucking little, even know. You being know, a little I, nutty. He's insane. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's the bottom line: the fucker's insane. <laughs> I said it. Okay. Fine. Fuck you. No. I mean, <laughs> I said it. He's insane. He's nuts, right? <laughs> I try and try to be fucking so cool about him, but he's nuts, God. right? He's a nutball. I mean, man. you could say to him. I mean, if somebody, I didn't want to give him a hug. I really feel he needs a big hug, really Aww. bad, and a punch as well. But I mean, listen. <laughs> 
If if you could say to him, like if I was Axel, what would you say to me? I love you. I miss you. Please let me choke you out for just a few minutes. <laughs> well, I don't mean, be angry with me, but I'm going to choke you out. No. Every, that's I he, love him, man. I miss dumb, him, and I want to work with you. Slash, everyone would be on board with of this, course right? They would. And it would be the biggest tour of the year, whatever you whatever did the, whatever you two just did. Whatever they made just on their last tour, you two? Right. Sweet double make, it. Right. There you go. Whatever. When you said you two, I thought me and Brian would be on last tour. I don't make shit. Not much. I was in Denver for three days. I came with $3,800. No, yeah, that's the point. So, But also, that's what the fans want. That's what everyone wants. So, I know. I, and I know he's nuts. There's no doubt he's nutty, and when you're nutty, you get to be erratic. You get no, you, you don't. I, you yeah. gotta earn <laughs> that right. Fun. God damn it, you gotta earn that right, right to be a nut. Yes. I'm talking about fu money. Yes, fu Rose has fu money. Well, okay. No, let, I, like let, I don't see. See, I did a, a lot of wasted a lot of years doing a lot of drugs. Right. I felt, I worked hard. I earned the right to fuck up. Right. But then I over I overstayed my welcome. Now, right. if I do ever want to get fucked up again like that, I gotta earn that. You right. gotta earn it. I gotta earn it. I so gotta get how back does, on top. I gotta work my ass off, and then if I want to be a dick to myself, then how does it work? Because <laughs> a- Axel has all these publishing rights, right? No, I, everybody's uh, everybody every, does. Uh, on Appetite. Everything's split equally. Everything's right? equal. Everything's so if equal. you if, if Welcome to the Jungle, if they want to play it on a movie, and everybody it, gets a percentage. Everyone gets a text. Everybody. So, from that standpoint, you'll probably be fine. I am fine. For the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be an income uh, there. Well, look how great it's still. It still sells millions of records. Right. And people don't really buy records. Right. And then, so, <laughs> Axel, where's all his F.U. money coming from? That he he didn't he didn't do a lot of drugs. Probably yeah, yeah, lottery tickets. He's living with a psychic. Yeah, he's yeah, living with a psychic. A good point. Horses, like and lottery said, tickets. She, she cannot be a very good psychic. <laughs> she, I mean, if she, and one who cares, if she cares about him, I've if never somebody, seen an attractive psychic evil either. evil lady. That's all, I yeah. don't give a fuck. If she can't put no curse on me. It hasn't been put on me already. Uh, you already put a pox on yourself years her. ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That woman can't hurt me. Yeah, no, nah, that gypsy woman can't put a yeah, pox on her. Stephen Adler. So, know. what somebody should say to Axel Rose is, listen, everybody wants to do it. You guys were one of the greatest bands of all time. A time, by the way, at a certain point, you're not going to be able to do it. You'll be too old. You just will. That's the way time works. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now <laughs> is the time to do it. Everyone's sober. Yeah. Everyone's good. You're going to go out and you're going to leave your childish ways behind you. Yeah. You're going to go out, do it right, rehearse. Kick the shit out of it. Give the people what they want. It's going to be bigger than you two, and let's do it. Yeah. And like let's you, like make you hay said, while the sun like is shining. Said, most important, like what you just said, most important of what you said is we'll do it right this time. Mm-hmm. See, we, do you feel like didn't you didn't do it, do it right? right? You, no. Why not? Well, I, we were young, and and we it was all when you're young and have grow up with nothing, and all of a sudden. Here's right. everything. I mean, when we, when with the drug scene back then, we wouldn't even have to open our mouth. I honestly tell you, all we would have to do is think it, and we'd look down on the table, and there'd be drugs. Right. And boom, popped out. I know like you're that. sober now, but could you think about some way. drugs for me? <laughs> I think about I all the time. Use a little booger How too. do you not? I, I did drugs for 30 years. I can't just. 
you know, take all those memories away. I'm always going to think about so, it. So, don't act on it. Was it? Was it? So you're saying back in the day when you guys were touring, and doing right. everything was landing in your lap. That real fast. Would you say that the shows weren't as good as they could have been because of no, the drugs? No. Well, near the end, yeah, near the end on my part, you know, I threw everything away. And for 20 years, I, I blamed, you know, Cyrus and Duff and Izzy and Axel. I, I, for letting me down, I thought they let me down. But then, when I started working with Dr. Drew mm-hmm. and you know listening to him and working with him, I realized that they didn't let me down. I let them down. Right. It was me who fucked up. Mm-hmm. I took everything for granted and and threw it all away. And and now and I ruined it for all the fans for all these years because of that. Because I know if I didn't fuck it up, there's no way I would I wouldn't have let it break up if right. I didn't fuck up myself. So you blame yourself for the for the whole thing destruction of uh, Guns and Roses, yeah. really, yeah. really. And no, I, now, Doctor, I, I had my not personality. That, right? My personality in that band was the one who stood up to everybody, right? And and and, and was the one who had at least a little common sense to say, "Hey, like I would like Axel, if he would like in the middle of the first song, once or twice, he'd throw the microphone down and leave, and <laughs> sure. I would go back there and say, "Dude, you can't do that.'" And I would explain to him, I said, dude, remember when we were going to concerts, how hard we had to work to save up the money to buy a ticket to go see our favorite band? Sure. All those people just did that for us. Wow. We can't just do one song. Come on. Yeah. And then he'd go back out there. You're like, do you think Paul Revere and the Raiders would have done that? Yeah. Paul Revere going to my room. Fuck this guy. I'm out of here. I'm leaning on a lamppost. uh, Two lines from kicks just keep getting harder to find. A Cherokee nation and then steps right off the stage. Hell no. And his Raiders wouldn't let him do it either. They wouldn't let him do it. No, they're dressing cool outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Can can I ask a rock and roll question? Yeah. I'm wondering if you're in a band as awesome and notorious as yours, if one of you slept with a girl, would the other one, or would, an, would another member hesitate to sleep with the same girl? Are there, like, rules? Or would you all bang the same girl? Depend, it depends <laughs> if she was really high. good journalism. <laughs> we definitely had sex with the same girl. Oh, my god! And at the same time with the same girl. Oh! Really? Oh, I, you got to read my book. Dude. I got oh. a great one where me and Steven Tyler with... Nine girls in the back of the bus. Oh, my goodness. All right, he's a great porn director. Whack this way. Tyler is a fucking great porn director. Wow, Steven Tyler. Dude, his rig is very intimidating. Whoa. Oh, oh really? Oh, it was intimidating. Well, wow. Holy his shit. hips are so narrow that anything... You'd be like, I don't see a little skinny guy, but... Yeah, you think Tommy, oh, really? You think Tommy Lee's got a big rig. No way. Nothing to Tyler. That explains why I fell off the stage that one time. Yeah, you got to Yeah. Wow. That's why he wears those pants so tight. keeps them in balance. <laughs> Nine chicks. Nine chicks. There he is. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, these girls. I love now, that. Nine time. times. And, and yeah, you know the like thing that. that's nice? It, oh. it, it, these girls are not professional prostitutes or even floozies. You don't even They're have to just, buy them dinner. Yeah, but no, but you're no this is rock and roll. This is their only yeah. chance. You're leaving town. Yeah. Following following Here's that. A beer. Let's go. Oh, wow, wow, man. Pre uh, pre AIDS, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was, it was, in my wow. book, read when I was growing up in this in the late seventies. Mm-hmm. You know, before the whole AIDS thing, and, and I grew up. Of Santa Monica. And sure, Fairfax. sure. And your so, wife has read all this, the crazy stories. And she, everything she, in the book. she gets a little, uh, 
a little angry. Oh, so <laughs> come on! It was, I didn't even know either. She understands, but she's from Argentina, so she's got you know. They don't talk about. They don't talk yeah. about Steven Tyler's cock over there. <laughs> the gauchos don't sit around the fire <laughs> cooking the steaks over the my, open my, flame. My, talking my, about it, Tyler's cock. My wife loves Steven Tyler, but if it was Brad Pitt, then she would want to know more. Oh. Right? Yeah, oh, I can Brad Pitt. You and uh, you and nine chicks. It's Steven Tyler. And Steven Tyler. Now. How does it work? Do, do you have sexual <laughs> intercourse with all nine of them? It's just a mountain of flesh and fucking and sucking. And, and, and Tyler is really good at it. UK, you two girls do this. You two girls do this. Well, he's, he's you do got, this. Yeah. And you come over here and do this. He's real good. Okay, now do this. Did he have all those yeah. scarves tied around his cock? <laughs> <laughs> he could. He could have? He could have. That's a signature move. Oh, scarf God. around Dude, the cock. What, 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 what are those cock rings? Yeah, I yeah, wonder if the girls yeah, felt like that. a failure if they weren't the one to get you guys off. Mm. What's that? Say that one. Oh, I like this one too. I want to hear that. Say that. <laughs> say it again. They feel like failures. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There are no failures. Oh, what a week! Anybody We're... who gives any girl just gives it a shot is not a failure. I know. You're all <laughs> winners. You're, You're all, all winners, winners here. They're in the locker room afterwards. How to go out there? <laughs> oh, damn it. No. Yeah, I, and also I can see her talking to her friends. Uh, on Monday, I failed the bar, and on Friday night, I don't get uh, Stephen Tyler to come in my hair. So it's really been a it's really been a bad week. I failed. It's been I a failed. Bad my whole weekend was a failure. <laughs> yeah, did they feel like? Fa- <laughs> ask the question once again. Yeah, I want to know. They, they felt like failures. You literally don't want me to ask the question. Yeah. yeah so I okay. Okay. I'm just wondering if one of the nine women, if if any of them were disappointed. Or if they felt like a failure for not getting one of you off. Like, was it like, why wasn't it me? Why wasn't it my magic Oh, it cooler? was all of them. There, there were hands involved everywhere. And like I mentioned, Stephen Tyler's rig is enormous. Wow. <laughs> so there, there, he had, I, I'm, so, I'm not exaggerating. Were you concerned had, to go after Tyler? He had Tyler? six little hands wrapped just around the shaft. Really? And, and one just cupping his balls. Yeah. <laughs> so you got one. Two, three, four. Wow. Like, like, like that. So, yeah, no, wow. Was, wow. I mean, I'm telling you, it was very intimidating. I want to give him a high five now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I want to give you a high five. <laughs> Congrats <laughs> on that action. Man. Considering the amount of drugs that Stephen was doing at the time Stephen had, though, I can't believe there's a vivid recollection of this whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah, all remember where we were. When you've had sex with nine people, you remember where you were. I have dreams of these things, okay? Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I have a nightmare about Stephen Tyler's rig actually chasing me. <laughs> sure. You're on the beach. Not him, just run. the rig. Wow. I love that. Uh, well, I, I guess uh, I guess there are ladies who've made the rounds in Hollywood and with the band, and they could probably tell you, you know, the biggest uh, honkers in Hollywood. Well, Maybe that'll be your next book. I feel really like Kim Kardashian. All the, all the stars yeah. that I've had sex with. Yeah, so... And as far as the road goes, uh, what was I, and I'm sure every town was insane for you. Yeah. Uh, what what countries were the nuttiest? Was, Japan. I was going to say Japan was was amazing. The love South America and Japan. They 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 don't speak English very well, mm-hmm. but they know every word. Right, so songs. they're sort of singing it phonetically. They're, yeah, you can't have a conversation with them, but they know every word. And uh, South America, I'm, I'm guessing playing these massive venues over there, right? Like Great playing places. soccer stadiums yeah. and stuff like that. 
Who would you guys go out with back in the day that ended up being household names now or ended up being pretty big bands? Were there anybody? Well, well the, the Cult. The Cult, yeah, you know, right? Um, sure. Iron Maiden, that was great. There was a story about me and, and Nico McBrain in my book. Iron Maiden. Yeah, uh, Iron Maiden. Colt, you know, uh, we, Colt, very good, I don't want to say underrated band, but never had a few few good hits, like really good good songs, but never... I don't know. They didn't sell millions did, of records or they, something. They did pretty good. So really I, like good. They're, they're still being played a lot. Good stripper music. Yeah. <laughs> the, I always like it when the stripper comes out to a cult song for some oh, reason. Yeah. You, you can. They pick their own music. You know. Yeah, it's got so a nice got, little beat to it. Nice little groove. I prefer Creed when strippers what? are involved. No. <laughs> no. no. Please. That's Creed. That's a wood killer. All, all I know is the music after after. Uh, the early '90s music changed. Yes. So there, and I'm not talking about with the grunge. I mean, it went. I mean, it used to be. All I can say is God is really pissed right now. Are you not the a music fan of Nelly? Stinks. Do you not like Nelly? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Nelly. <laughs> all right, that's Kinsey Schofield. Coming up next, we have somebody that Teresa knows very well. It's Adam Carolla Show 418, Bill Burr, Tracy Metro, and Brian Bishop. This one is from September 30th of 2010, Bill Burr in studio. Tracy Metro, I think, honestly, trying out for the job again, which uh, we did have like a reaction to the idea of news girls trying out the radio show days, not getting it, and then trying out again in the podcast days. And it does feel kind of bad and shitty, even though they should be able to try out for a job as many times as they want. And just because you got the job, maybe they were a tight second place and they should have got the- well gina tried out both times uh not really she didn't try out in the radio show days she was there at the radio show but she was uh maybe she put her hat in the ring but she didn't come on air so she didn't actually come on air to try out and she didn't fill in and, until the podcast days and then she filled in a few times even for allison early on like really early on years before she ended up uh taking over the job interesting maybe that's why i thought that she had tried out because i think her hat was in the ring Maybe she was mentioned or she, I know she wanted the job. She wanted to be part of it early on. But I don't think in the radio show days they were considering it because she was like, you know, a Randy Wang level employee, uh, part of the Conway Whitman show too. Maybe they even thought of it as like insulting to poach an employee. Oh, yeah. Fair. Fair. So this, uh, so Kinsey, I see all around because she's an expert now on the royal family. Dope. That's cool. Yeah. So she appears on, on the Meghan Markle shows. beat. She's on the Meghan Markle beat. Like it, yeah. It's cool. That these people are still working media, and the, the, the changing landscape had room for them because there's a lot of, especially women who are funny enough, pretty enough, whatever it might be, good on camera. And it's like, what? Where are they going to end up? What show are they going to end up on? What? What has room for them, or what that makes a space? And a lot of podcasts don't. You know, if you think about it, the the, the podcast idea is three white guys in a microphone talking about like pop culture and why it sucks or something. They really aren't making places for women. They weren't initially, and, and now, of course, it's it's quite different. It's Can fun I to ask see you, the, the media landscape change. Please. I don't know why I feel like you might know this, and I could just look this up, but I like to think that you know everything about all podcasts. I okay. I recently, I know I'm very late to this party, but before the recent troubles with Russell Brand, mm-hmm. I had started listening to his podcast. And my main obsession was with his female producer who is also on air. That girl is phenomenal. I'm obsessed with her and I love her. I And, and I haven't listened since the um, recent revelations about Russell Brand or allegations or whatever. Um, so I don't, I'm, I, I'm, I was curious, like, I wonder what happens. Like, does that show keep going and does she stay? 
I, I don't know the answer specifically on that, but I know that the rap is a lot of these guys know this shit's coming for three or four years ahead of time. And his transition to a podcast, to the Joe Rogan-style empire, this type of thing, was his reaction to knowing uh, what was coming for his head. So uh, people he hired may or may not have been briefed on this or oh may have, my. May have swallowed a poison pill themselves or maybe like don't even uh-huh. believe it. To put it in baseball terms and tie it all in, it's almost like he read the catcher's signs and he knew a curveball was coming. Yep. Everyone's so, there's multiple tweets and social media posts about people who work with them. Like, yeah, he knew four years ago, his agent knew five years ago, this was coming, this was and so there's a lot of targeted like turn to like, okay, if I start doing this and this and saying these things about mainstream media, that, that like it's it's a it's a nice way to like set up like uh it's a soft landing for whatever cancellation you think is coming. Well, I'll just say that I, I wish I knew her name. She's uh British and um Shocking. <laughs> she let me just give some love because she is so good at that job and whatever happened with russell brand i don't think anyone would deny that he's extremely fast on his feet as a talker and she is able to keep up she's just so great so i don't know what's going to happen but i hope maybe she ends up with her own it is weird too because like people presume that like how like tight you are with the host of your show and what their politics are, their beliefs are. Like you and Adam circa 2007 waterboarding stuff where you're on the show or Adam's so for it, you're against it and you're having these not really heated on air debates but more like giving your opinions, giving his opinion and it gets a little emotional or something. It's interesting to like you're on this show and this is what Adam's saying but do you get to say your point? Like Gina would never really chime in with anything. People accuse her of stuff all the time. She was like the coolest for what her politics are and her things that she never brought any of that stuff up and she just go along with the flow of the show but during like some like you know the, the abortion stuff and everything Rover's way she got into a little bit and uh, people act like that's all she ever talked about when it came up like once in eight years. Well, it's availability bias because you you remember it because it's emotionally charged. I will mm-hmm. say that I remember about the waterboarding. Um, you know, now I live in in Arizona, and I was lucky enough to meet Senator John McCain when he was alive. And you know, he, he told you how cool waterboarding was, and he's for <laughs> you know, you know, he he came out against it. Yeah, and he, people who are usually against torture are pretty usually pretty against all torture. Uh, and you know, he's like a badass war hero. And so I think that really made a difference to me and to a lot of people. Like it's not effective. It's not effective in getting Intel. Adam's argument it was because it's been used throughout all history, but a lot of things have been done throughout all history that don't actually work. The most famous argument was Adam and Brian about the iPhone, whether or not they intentionally make it so it's slippery so it'll break, you'll buy new ones. (laughs) Of course, they have entire divisions for this very subject, for all aspects of it, including right to repair, battling that so people can't repair the devices, make it extremely hard with legislation forcing them to provide kits, but the kits are so exceedingly expensive, it's cheaper to buy a new device. So Brian was, of course, totally wrong. Wrong. And then you came in and like they're talking about gun handles and how it should be gnarled. And you're like, yeah, like a cowboy pistol, mother of pearl. <laughs> it sounds like it's very, very smooth. Yeah, yeah it's the exact opposite of what Adam wanted the example of. He's like, he was talking like a Glock or something. And you, you completely threw it the wrong way. It's great. It completely diffused the argument. And they just made fun of you for mother of pearl for like 10 minutes. And everybody kept bringing up. I think there was even a message board person with that name. But uh, yeah, so that was, that was Kim Oh, that's Schofield. so funny. <laughs> okay, well, go, oh, please go ahead. I think you can tell that it's my natural inclination to want to diffuse tension. Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't. The Orny Adams episode. <laughs> Which one? Oh gosh. <laughs> but I mean, was that not entertaining? Oh yeah, uh, people. Some people say it's the best of the year. Some people say it's the most cringe of the year. Uh, people are still <laughs> waiting to see like, where's Orny? Uh, what's going on? But, okay, so even my husband asked me, "What was the vibe after the show? Like, was that real tension?" 
And I, I, I even, I don't know, like Orny um, left pretty quickly and I, I didn't, I mean, I thought it was entertaining. I don't, I honestly don't know. I, I feel like he should be a return guest. He's entertaining. Oh, yeah, he's about a bunch. I, I bet he comes back. I don't think it's anything. There's been other historical people who've had like kind of arguments and never come back on the show for various reasons, not being banned or anything. I think Adam will have anybody back in them. He had Kevin Smith on when Kevin Smith was on with Allison Bryan, and he was essentially lying to Adam's face about why he stole $500,000 from him and then told Adam essentially it's because he's problematic with Glad. But Kevin Smith had just had his own controversy with Glad, and Adam didn't have any. And or nor any problem with gay people. So he just kept lying and came up with stuff. But essentially, it was that Adam didn't show up to this Pod Dammit festival that Kevin was doing early in the podcast times. And I saw that Adam was booked, but it wasn't on the calendar. So I told August, I told everybody, I told Donnie. And they're like, yeah, he's not booked for this, so I don't know, I don't care. And I was like, but no, this is going to be a big deal. Kevin Smith's doing a 24-hour podcast marathon. If Adam no-shows, it's going to be a big fucking deal. And it ultimately led to him stealing $500,000 from a, a TV deal from Adam. Okay, I... I was unaware of And then Adam had him on the show after he stole it and explained it. And then Brian, who was even side with Kevin, Kevin's like, yeah, you're Adam's toady. You know, you just lick his boots. You're going to agree with everything he says. They're like, oh, you got the wrong guy, buddy. And oh. Brian's like a huge Kevin Smith fan. And Kevin was just digging his own grave. He just couldn't admit that he got pissed off that Adam no shoulder thing. Adam didn't know he was booked for that nobody told Adam. Donnie dropped the ball. And then Adam had a TV deal. Kevin had a TV deal. They made it a co-deal. Then Adam's gone. And then Kevin brought in Adam's longtime buddy. Uh, who then took over and made a pilot and it never aired. And it was supposed to be a companion to TMZ. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I, look, this is all, I was gone for, for all of this. But That I was 2012. Say, you just missed it. <laughs> you're, I just missed it. Out. I will yeah. say regarding the, the Orny Adams controversy, I think he did have a legitimate gripe, not with Adam, but, and if this is nobody's fault, but, if you remember that episode, we had an author come in, he closed the show, and he's just he's a, maybe he's a little on the fringe. Mm-hmm. I I think his book was called something like The Woke, I don't know. Yeah, there there's some inflammatory reviews of it with some other alternate titles of what it is and uh, yeah. So some people yeah. probably don't want to appear on the same show with maybe that, that it, it, Look, I, here's what here's maybe what could have happened is I think it would have sometimes when you're doing a show, it's nice to know who the other guests are. So Orny didn't know that that author was on. And I do remember him saying after we wrapped, Adam was no longer in the studio and, but we were all just still there. And he said, and he was being very cordial about it. Like, I wish I had known who this guy is so I can like look him up because I don't know if he's right or if he's wrong. I haven't heard of him. I haven't read his book. Oh, that's not really fair. That's not even like, I don't want to be associated. It's like, I just like to get the tabs on what we're talking about. That's it. Because he asked the author, do you know the origin of the term woke? They never do. And he didn't, but he wrote a whole book. They always do. So it was kind of weird. Like, so there's I multiple that, origins, but yeah, they, they, they never, they can never, even I thought that, that was a fair point, but I mean, you know, super fan Giovanni, more than anybody, that nothing like that is ever done out of malice. No, which no, is no. people are busy yeah. and they just didn't give you the full rundown of who Yeah, some people be. don't think about those kind of things too. So it's, it's not necessarily even like in their thought pattern. So it just wouldn't come up. So like, especially yeah. like other things Adam would never ask. So it's his staff that are trained for Adam's sensibility. They try to like, you know, be accommodating of people come in there. Like they're very professional, but there's just but certain the, things that you wouldn't think the of. The only unless... reason I knew who was going to be on that episode was because you told me. Yeah. 
I was like, here's, there's the, here's the schedule, here's the booking, just make sure you didn't get surprised when there was an extra person there. Because sometimes they're like, oh, Teresa needs a co-host, a guest. No, she doesn't. She can do the news and be the guest. Teresa's that good. She can carry it. But I, I like you with other people, too. It's, it's fun to hear you mix it up. It just adds extra chemistry. It reminds us of the old format in a way. So no, I'm, I'm for it. Uh, I, I like Orny. I like the episode. It got a lot of controversy and a lot of attention. Uh, probably you. a good idea for producers to brief people. And oftentimes with an author, they'll do that part one-on-one later in the day. They don't usually tape them back-to-back or they have the people leave. So it's weird. I was surprised you guys didn't leave. So that, that was kind of actually shocking to me that you guys weren't gone. I was like, oh, that's cool. So it actually makes it more lively, especially if the author is a little dry or not familiar with being on air. So Yeah, uh, I, I, I thought it was good that we were, with, that we were there. Oh, yeah, it made, it made it better, yeah. But definitely yeah. pro tip, uh, heads up for the guests. Not only because they might not want to, they might not leave because they might object to it. It's not something they want to be seen with, or they may have like a weird uh, morals clause in a contract you don't know about. Oh, that's interesting. See, I just feel like with Orny that he just wanted to know what he was walking into, and that's kind of fair. One hundred percent. Or like they have some guests that come on who are actors like the Matthew Lillard who can't promote any of his struck works. And then Chris was like, I'll do it for you. They started mentioning him. He's like, no, 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 Chris, that's not good. No, you don't do that. <laughs> like you're not doing him any favors. He's now oh. technically appearing on a show where he's doing something he's not allowed to do. Yes, you can't Drew Barrymore it because people are going to be mad. Speaking of which, uh, Adam Carolla Show 418, Bill Burr, Tracy Metro, uh, who you know very well. We'll talk about in a minute. And Brian Bishop. This one's September of tw- uh, 2010. Bill Burr making his in-studio debut. Adam brings up a deceased comedian who's very close to him. Adam's not aware of their relationship. Bill Burr misreads it as Adam being callous or being like shitty. Like, t- your friend's dead, huh? <laughs> but Adam doesn't know any of that. So, like, people always do, I think they read into what he's doing. Bill Burr came on after for like a live show, but it was one of the early live shows that isn't structured or told. And it's kind of the same thing happened to Joe Rogan, where then he didn't really appear on the show after that much. And so, it's not a no hard feelings or anything bad. There's kind of, I think, a mis communications kind of like like they just didn't like magnets bouncing off each other but they, the, the show worked they were really funny together after bill uh kind of stopped being quiet and upset so it's adam Kroll show 418 a nice little chunk to show what tracy metro's news was like i don't think i'm gonna leave it in the awkwardness well, maybe i will you'll find out hope you enjoy yeah get it on got to get it on a choice but to get it on mandate get it on and welcome to the Show, bald Brian. Good to it's see you. It's so damn hot. It is goddamn hot out here. And Tracy Metro, it's been way too long. It has been long. You're not wearing anything that's orange. No, and you know I didn't on purpose. And then I walk in here, and what do I see? I see an orange couch and an orange floor. And yes. I thought you were trying to copy me. Yeah, we did. We did pull that that, <laughs> that page right out of your orange playbook. Yes, you did. You uh, you installed it last night for me, since you know I was filling in for Teresa. Tracy, we met several years ago when we were doing this sort of uh, ongoing uh, campaign to see who would replace the irreplaceable. I can't remember her fucking name. She was so fucking bad on our radio show. What the hell is her name? Uh, Brian, please. you know her name. Yeah. Uh, Rachel I, Perry. I there blocked you go, her Rachel name Perry. out. Rachel uh, Perry. Like, uh, <laughs> I, like uh, Jews probably block out Himmler or something like that. <laughs> she was so goddamn awful. And the reason I say that is because she was a bitch. Like, she wasn't just bad on the air. She was just a bad person. Bald Brian, am I exaggerating when I say that? She was very pleasant to me, but she was um, awful on the air. And un- unpleasant on the air. Unpleasant, bad on the air, and sort of bad to everyone around her. I, I would you, say some, not a delight. Somebody said something to me one time. I was looking for, I was interviewing, auditioning, whatever for a job, and they said half the battle in getting a job 
is not whether you're good enough. It's are we going to enjoy hanging out with you for 18 hours on set? Right. And you know if they're a douche? Who would yes. tell you with a douche? Oh, a douche would have been a nice upgrade from <laughs> Rachel Perry. I've oh, never met I the girl. I would have loved just to have, a, have an empty douche bottle sitting in front of a microphone to my right for those six months that felt like nine fucking years of my life. God, she was bad. But I, again, probably had some issues with dad or something like that. And uh, you know how that stuff worked with the ladies. Uh, I believe that uh, Tracy Metro was probably the first runner-up. I, I hope this isn't revisionist history. Hello. I agree wholeheartedly. Yes, I think I think Teresa Strasser uh, ine- inevitably got the gig, but Tracy Metro, I remember liking quite a bit, and uh, I don't know why. I thought she was a little bit nutty. She wore orange all the time, but again, smart. Pick a color, pick a team, or pick an animal. That's what I tell people all the time. And then when I'm picking out your birthday present, I don't have to pick my brain. Yeah. Done you know and done, I mean? you know. Your exact words were, hey, it's just no Claudia DeFalco. She's all right. Yeah. Who the hell is that? She was another one, one in the running. One of the chicks that was in the running. Here's what happened, because I, I remember because it was me. Okay. You guys, apparently, and I only found this out when it was nearing the end, mm-hmm. were like, I guess mid-contract with Teresa, and I had come in not knowing that there was actually really even a search. Mm-hmm. I just heard that things had been changing. I didn't know there was like an official search, so I just sent my stuff over, and uh, evidently I came in the day that contracts had been signed, but Teresa was off doing another job, and that's how the whole thing kind of went uh, south with mm-hmm. her hating me. Yeah, but she hates herself, to be fair. How about you leave the joking to Adam? <laughs> she hates. I mean, here's here's the whole thing. It's like all comedians hate each other. All women hate each other. Not true. All, all doctors hate each other. Doctor Drew hates it. You know, he'd kick the shit out of Doctor Oz the second he saw him. <laughs> he hates all doctors. He hates every. He hates Doctor J. He hates uh, Dr. Brown's, the guy who makes that uh, root Great beer. Great soda. Great yeah. soda at the deli. He just hates anything with a doctor in front of it. So that's how guys are. And, you know, women get a little territorial. But, you know, I thought you did a great job. And I'm looking forward to another uh, stellar performance by, uh, As am I. by Tracy I've Metro. already shaken it out. I'm, I'm, like, I'm here. I'm ready. I should uh, tell everyone that uh, if they uh, would like to come out and see us, that's right, have a chance to win a trip to Los Angeles to see a taping of the Adam Carolla show, they can do it, but uh, they're going to have to listen to the Stitcher extra content to learn how to do it. So you can go to Stitcher.com and you can uh, stream the show. It's very easy. You don't have to download it. It doesn't take up room on your device, your iPhone, your BlackBerry, your Android, or and, or, or Palm. But you listen to the Adam Carolla Show, you can hear the extra content, and when you listen to the Stitcher extra content, that's when you'll find out how to come down here and uh, press the flesh with us, see us in person, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, rip a bong load with the wheeze. That's uh, Stitcher.com. All right, uh, Bill Burr's waiting in the wings. Uh, Bald Brian is uh, waiting on his uh, 360 sound machine. And uh, I say we get to the news. Why not? With Tracy Metro. Teresa Strasser is on assignment and Vicodin. So now, with the news, Tracy Metro. Oh, I love how that sounds right mm-hmm. there, hearing my name on your show. Okay, let's start with some TV news because I know you sure. and I both love the television. Sure. During the finale of Australia's Next Top Model, which, of course, we don't get here in the States, mm-hmm. host Sarah Murdoch announced the wrong name as the winner of the reality show. And I then, think, uh, hold on, I don't want to cut you off, Tracy, but I think we talked about that 
yesterday and then five minutes ago, too. Did we not? Yes, possibly. <laughs> possibly? I'm, Brian, don't you want to be a dick? <laughs> I don't want to be a dick. We may have heard the story already. Wait, wait, wait. You would have what no... What Katie came in and told me uh-huh. was that it wasn't Australia's Next Top Model, but it was, it was uh, Dancing with the Stars that you guys talked about last night. Or did I just have a total blonde moment? I think you may have had a, an opaque blonde moment. You may have oh. had a platinum blonde moment. Yeah, that's oh, all right. That's okay. That's okay. I'm so good at that's changing right. midstream. No, sweetie, no. It's How about okay. you leave the joking to Adam? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think we talked about it yesterday. Okay, well then, who cares, honestly, about Australia? I don't give a model? shit about those people. Okay, but I want to know, as long as we're here for a second, mm. stunt or reality? Um, do I like reality shows? No, was it a stunt that she... Oh, a stunt... Or it was a reality that, that now we're talking about for the second time in as many days. Uh, Australians ne- next uh, top model. I have no idea. I mean, na- nowadays, like I used to say, well, who would embarrass themselves with a stunt like this? But now I realize people make porn and release it just to get noticed. So if you're going to do that, and, you know, five years ago when people were saying, oh, or 10 years ago, you know, Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee, they knew what they were doing, or Kim Kardashian or Paris Hilton, like, they knew what they were doing. I was like, are you nuts? If someone had a porno movie of you and it got out, of course you wouldn't do it on purpose. It's humiliating. Now it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. What percentage of celebrity sex tapes would you estimate are intentionally released with the goal of either money or publicity or whatever? I would say... Well, first off, I have asked this question without ever receiving a satisfactory answer uh, in my entire... Well, two of them. Can I have another blowjob? That's the one. (laughs) And then the other is, how is it... And I've asked attorneys and guys who run these, you know, these, these, these groups that put these tapes out, these websites and stuff. I've said, listen, how is it possible that some workman who's uh, working on my upstairs bathroom, uh, breaks into my vault, steals my honeymoon tape, and then decides to sell it to Vivid Pictures, and there's nothing I can do about it legally. And how come you're perfectly lit, too? Yes. Right? And your ass looks amazing? Yeah. How come I had my anus bleached the day before? Exactly. No one has ever given me a satisfactory answer. Like, it's the sort of thing where they always go, well, anyone can sue anyone. If anyone, you know, there's nothing that can't stop it. You can't stop. And it's like, huh? Something seems amiss in a in a in such a litigious society that uh, you know I couldn't take a picture of bald Brian and say, "Hey, I'm going to use you to advertise my cereal." It'd have to be horrible cereal, yeah. Baldies or Canceros <laughs> or something like that. But either way, I, I, Brian would have to give us. I couldn't I take like a Canceros. Pic- that's so I, high class. I, I couldn't. I couldn't take a picture <laughs> of George, of George Clooney and go, "You know what? You're the new face of the Adam Carolla show." He'd need money. There's yeah. some compensation. So I don't know how this works, and no one has ever given me a satisfactory answer. Um, and now I'm starting to wonder. I th- Well, I'll give my two cents. Please. If you look at the video of the host, her face is not really shocked. It's like really bad acting, like, oh. Oh, really? And she like does the whole, let me put my hand up to my ear so everybody knows I'm listening in my IFB, which is, uh-huh. you know, the thing that the people mm-hmm. in the news have. It just seems sure. so fake. Okay. Right. But let's go to the real news that I yeah, want to talk about on right. TV. Yeah. Okay. So we can, should we start the whole thing over? Let's shake ourselves like an Etch-A-Sketch, baby, and start anew. Okay. 
So, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, news. now we're talking. You were on that show. I was. And might I add, I loved it when you came out on the unicycle. Thank you. Um, I didn't know you knew how to, I mean, I didn't know, I don't know anybody who knows how to uh, ride the unicycle. Yes, it's yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it took me about 10 minutes when I was eight to learn how to ride a unicycle, and that's uh, never never, never forgot. Well, we'll carry on. Michael Bolton and Chelsea Hightower were eliminated this week. Yeah. Very sad. And while, of course, that's not such exciting news that they were eliminated, it is news the way Bruno Tugnoli essentially uh, hammered Michael Bolton to the cross. Yeah. His performance just totally railed on him. Yeah, we're going to hear that? Yep. Okay. Check it out. It's going to be that kind of night, huh, buddy? All right, fine. If you push the envelope, you're going to get the return. I got to tell you, I have to say, in all honesty, even I thought you were a little hard on Michael Bolton Me? last night. I'm yeah. the nicest person ever. I think Rin Tin Tin would have done a better jive. I mean, he's a fantastic singer. He's a wonderful person. He's nothing personal, but I'm here no, to call it as way. I see it. Yeah. You know, that's my job. Yeah. So but you didn't we feel, had some you didn't fabulous like... dancing, we had some not-so-good dancing, we had some terrible dancing. He's week two, and my job is to point out what I see. I don't say I'm right, and the public has, you know, you can vote, you can get him back, and it's no problem for me, he's fine. He's a great guy, I All love right. him. A great Len, guy, uh, I love him. Well, <laughs> dear, dear friend. Let me yeah. say this, it must be so liberating to, to be gay. Like, I wish I could just suck cock, because first off, there's a couple things. When you're gay... You can just say whatever you want. Get that drop. <laughs> you're, it's like, first, you can do a few things. You can feel any titties you want to feel. You can go, oh, tra- oh firm, As a firm, woman, firm. you can do the very, same thing. Very firm. Right. Right, but I don't have a choice in that. What? The cock, I could suck. That's true. The vagina, I cannot spring. No. I can try as I might. Yeah, <laughs> as my grandfather always said, you can always suck a cock, but you can't grow a vagina. <laughs> Your granddad was one smart man. Then he took another draw off his corncob pipe. He <laughs> talked about fishing. Oh, God. Yeah. So here's the thing. When you're gay, you get to say whatever you want because you're gay and you're sort of flamboyant. You're right. outspoken. It's like, here's the deal. Um, Elton John can call anyone a bitch or say whatever he wants or talk smack. And it's always kind of like, oh. He's so funny. He's so he's funny. So it's, it's like, yeah, he's a chick with, with a dick. Like, he can kind of say what he wants. And Bruno, between the accent and the gay scent, he can basically say whatever he wants, whenever he wants to. I also, I love when people do this. Listen, Tracy's a great gal. I love her dearly. She's a dear friend. She's like a family member to me. She just, she's horrible at news. She's horrible. She's a, de- don't get wrong. I love hey, her dearly. do not grab I, that I, drop, please. I love her dearly. <laughs> she, she is like a second sister to me, but, uh, she just can't fucking do that. She couldn't, couldn't fucking punch her way out of a fucking plastic news bag. She's so goddamn bad. But I here's the, agree wholeheartedly. Bruno. Thank you. Here, here's the, Bruno does not like Michael Bolton as a human being. First off, even know the guy. I guarantee he. This is the first time he's ever met Michael Bolton. Number two, I bet there's no. If I search, if I took a a a a a, a Michael Bolton sniffing CD dog to Bruno's pad and to his Miata and said, "Look, can you find the best of Michael Bolton?" No, no, not even a cent. Nowhere. Nothing. It's all Elton John and opera, I'm sure. So, he does not like Michael Bolton as a human being. And Little Lambert, too. Bolton, from the little of the show that I watched, and I watched the first, I was, I did the show, the second show that aired, 
uh, this season. So it's always good to kind of watch the first show, see if you're going to work any jokes in, that kind of thing. Um, Michael Bolton came across as wildly unlikable. Yep. Just sitting there sort of waiting for the judge. You know Zero how... personality. Zero, and it's weird. But, I mean, I love the guy, right? Such great music. A delight, salt oh, of the he's earth. Just, salt just of the earth. BFF. He's a brother. He's a brother. Yeah, he, yep. We are this. Like, we are, we, there's no Adam Carolla without Michael Bolton and Michael Bolton without Adam Carolla, but he has no personality. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zilch. And not only that, seems almost stern. Like, sort of, remember that mean school teacher you had, like, in, in the fifth, sixth grade that just kind of scared you? Like, always had a scowl on the face and never you said anything nice. You know what he nice. could be, though? And I'm so not standing up for the guy because I don't know him. But sometimes people that are really shy come off as aloof and a bit douchey. Some of it has to do with sort of the shape of your face. When you look like the gay guy from Modern Family, nobody thinks you have an attitude when you're just standing there because you look sort of soft and cuddly and people want to hug you and pinch your cheek. Michael Bolton is very angular. And so when he just sort of sits there, he looks like uh, he looks like an evil cartoon character Mm -hmm. just sort of sitting still. It's kind of like Patrick Swayze's brother. Like Sting. Yeah. yeah. Well, like even Sting a hard, look mean. a harder, ver- a hard. Sting looks mean. No, if, if Sting was from Nebraska, okay. Sting is softened because he's he's English. Yeah, but just his look. The well, whole yeah, but he has a, he has a more of a Beckham handsomeness. Where whereas this boy's is gay. <laughs> I will have to start sucking cock any minute now. <laughs> so do you want to hear who who is yes. coming to he, his defense? He looks. He. Michael Bolton, the entire time they showed the Roland package with him practicing, the entire time he would stand there in front of the judges, looked angry, looked mm-hmm. uncomfortable in his own skin. Also, he's the kind of guy, and here's the thing, too. Let me, let me just add this. Um, there are certain guys, male and female, who have not taken criticism in 25 years. Like, True. it has literally been 20. Now, look. I feel like we all get humbled on an almost daily basis. Somebody calls us a douchebag or says whatever show you did last wasn't your best. I don't feel like Michael Michael Bolton stood there like he hadn't heard an ounce of criticism in 25 years. No! Wrong. Bolton was like the butt of every musical joke in the 90s. Like I, was, I, 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 but there's a difference but, between hearing it face-to-face and being having people talk about you behind your back as you laugh your way to the bank. Thank you, Tracy. You're our, welcome, our Adam. Our new news girl. Thank no. you. <laughs> How dare you? No, you're, you're right. It was the butt of every one of those jokes. But it is amazing how those guys who everyone's sort of, you know, whether it's Hasselhoff or, um, you know, achy, breaky heart guy or whatever Oy. it is. Even, even Kenny Chesney or whoever, like people make fun likeable. of these people, but somehow in their little cocoon, it doesn't get to them or they don't know about it. Bolton's, if his, if your face could just, just, but, s- yeah, could those- speak a thousand words. He just looked angry and put off and just every second I saw him on Dancing with the Stars, he just looked miserable and put upon. But anyway, you know, he and other than that, he and Nicolette love, love him. him, love him. You know, he and Nicolette Sheridan used to. Oh yeah, right. They were engaged maybe twice. Jesus, it take at once. least thirty years for me to wipe that smile off my face. Oh yeah, he got he got the older Nicolette Sheridan. 
Oh my no, god! No, I'm the younger. He dated I her. I get the younger, and then again. But the thing I'd have to—I'd have to get a, a, a thousand gallons of Purell to get the Leif Garrett off her. <laughs> did, did she really sleep with Leif? Oh, her. This is late. When Leif Garrett was like 15 or 16, they were living together. I missed that. Gay for saying that. Yeah. Oh, geez. Come on, baby. Where have you been? You well, know, anyway, I'm, I'm so sorry. Young, who's, Adam. I'm so young. Anyway, he was—he was horrible and. For a performer, for a guy who's on stage, not dancing, but just for a guy who's on stage on a nightly basis, he probably could have put a better foot forward. He could, have amped, it, he could have amped it up. For guys on stage. But his castmates came to his defense. Uh, speaking of gay, you've got to love Louis Van Amstel. <laughs> right? Louis one of these guys where a, a cock is changing the shape of his face. Like <laughs> like they do it all the time. Like we go, how did the Grand Can- how was the Grand Canyon created? Well, millions of years of the Colorado River slowly going through the limestone, pressure, and growing erosion. pressure, erosion, wind. Eventually, like how was Monument Valley created? Well, eventually, long enough, with a long enough and it's like a cock hits your soft palate hard enough for over a course of 30 years, eventually your face will start to change shape. And you will actually look gay. That's and that's, that's my Louis Van Amstel. I don't know if there's something about thinking gay thoughts. It's it's sort of like people that think evil thoughts or racist thoughts. How about people that think stupid thoughts? You know, you go to a guy, you go, oh, that guy looks dumb. You just see he looks. You think like he's not. All yeah, there. if you if you think dumb thoughts or evil thoughts or even thoughts like, man, do I hate pets? Or you just a thought you can kind of read it on a person. Mm-hmm. Louis's been thinking gay thoughts for so long. I love Louis Van Amstel. I like him too. Well, it's so actually changed his bone structure. It has changed his cheekbones. They're mm-hmm. higher, set mm-hmm. wider, so mm-hmm. that insertion. Well, you know, penis can. Well, think about how just you know, <laughs> think about how nature works. Well, how did how did giraffe's neck get so long? Sucking cock. <laughs> He's the That's ultimate a long cock. He's the ultimate gay X man, <laughs> Louis. <laughs> So what he said is, well, that's he said, what we do in nature. Everything changes except for alligators. This sound, this to me is like the perfect thing that came, uh, came out of Louis's mouth. Of course not. Well, <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. What I love is that Michael stood up for himself and said how disrespectful it was. Mm-hmm. You totally can hear him saying that, can't you? Yes. Yeah. And then uh, Mark Ballas. Mm-hmm. Nice guy too. Uh, he said uh, that he was glad that Michael said his piece like that. Because no one should have to take that kind of beating. Well, what He's was gay. Michael's piece? I didn't hear it. Me either. I just heard. I just heard him getting dug into by Bruno Tamlioli. Yeah. And I guess that was it. Yeah. I th- so Mark Bass is a nice guy. Oh yeah, he's a real nice guy. Um, and Salt uh, of the earth. He's a brother. I mean, he's a horrible human being, but I look at him as a brother. No, he's a great guy, and Derek Huff is a really cool guy. And as a matter of fact, uh, everyone there is really cool. It's a nice big uh, You kind of have to be. And, I mean, to sort of do what they do, I mean, it's like... It is hard-ass work, right? Uh, well, not for me. but I, I said we'll go as far as we can go on two hours a day. But you start rehearsing with someone eight hours a day and it gets really frustrating and you can't get the steps right and then you start getting tired and your mind gets a little mushy and then you start fucking up stuff you'd learn four and a half hours earlier and then the person is talking to you gets kind of cross and they you know it was perfect timing for me because 
my partner, Julianne Huff, was sort of emotionally out of there. Like she was like, she knew she wasn't. Winning I'm with going you. on a country tour, so in her mind, she was going to shoot a uh, commercial for uh, Cleansex, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever skincare product. Proactive. 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 She's like, I'm going to get some proactive cash and hit the road with Garth Brooks. And I was like, I'm going to Brad, pra- Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley. I'm going to dance for two hours, and I got a morning radio show to do and a movie to promote, and blah blah blah. So it was this weird. It, it was sort of like one of those. Uh, it was like a first date where there was um, no no chemistry, and at a certain point, one of the people looked at their watch and went, "Wow, it's eight forty-five." The other one, "Woo, where'd the time go?" And then they went, "I got to get up early." And they went, "Me too." And they got up and the other one went, "Okay." And but you hung started, on for a couple weeks. I hung on. I got booted off in week four, and that's as far as I could go on two hours a day. But that was my whole thing. I wasn't going to go eight hours. And right, I couldn't go eight hours. Go- I had to fucking do this morning show. God damn it. Gossip for me. Why sure. did Samantha Harris leave? Oh. Did she leave or was she booted? Come Jeez. on, you need to know the inside scoop on that. Um, Bergeron is into something called rough trade. and He was uh, tired of getting beat by Samantha? <laughs> her giant delts? Bergeron, uh, she, nicer, nice as shit. He, nicest guy in the world, too. I've heard that. Uh, really friendly, really easy. Also, you know the thing I like about uh, I like about Bergeron, and, and her, too? Uh, I walked down the hall many times. She had a dressing room the size of a broom closet. She would pull me in and load me up with swag, you know, T-shirts and Aww. gift baskets and shit, and people gave her, and here's some stuff, and here, take that. All the makeup people and the hair people are cool. Every, Bergeron is one of these guys who's like... During dress rehearsal, one of the things I really appreciated about Bergeron, uh, first off, he'd be like, you know, what, what do you want to plug or whatever. But I'll tell you what I liked, and you don't find it much in this business. He's really good at what he does. He's been doing the show for, at the time, six, seven seasons when I was there. He was doing a, a run-through, just reading the cute tel- teleprompters. And he was going, and now back to do the encore dance uh, is uh, Adam Carolla on his unicycle. And I said, uh, I was just happened to be standing around getting ready to go do it, doing a r- dry run kind of thing. And I said, uh, Tom, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't say um, I'm going to be on my... Don't blow the joke. Yeah, don't blow the joke. Uh, I'm not going to be on my unicycle. Because I know people saw the dance the night before. But uh, for the people who didn't see it, eh, why step on it for the, you know, I don't know. In that case, million or two million people may have missed it. And he said, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. He didn't give me a uh, listen. Here's the way I do it. Or, you know, people get weird and defensive. Or they'll go, like, they'll do a little revisionist. I wasn't going to do it. I was going to take it out of the teleprompter. I was just, someone else wrote. It wasn't anything. It was just like... The way everyone should be. Just a guy standing there in his new balance shoes going, I oh, like him so okay. much. All right. Good idea. You know, good idea. Thank you. And that was it. And then when he did the show, it was gone. Just fucking friendly. Just a regular, normal guy. Yeah, I actually have uh, used to be, used to work with somebody that used to work with him. Said just, talk, I mean, truly salt of the earth. Super nice guy. And every time I've met Samantha, like on red carpets or whatever, Really nice girl, too. Yeah. But I want to know why she left. I don't... Well, a couple of things. Um, TV is really, like, kind of about turnover. Things change. Um, but Tom stayed. Well, 
Tom's Tom, and I don't know if there was a contract problem. Mm. I don't know if there's an ego problem. I do know it is funny that there is one person whose job it is to hold up the number. So it's like they'll literally go, well, Adam and uh, Julianne, uh, you got... You got uh, Bruno gave you a four, Len gave you a four, and Carrie gave you a four. And then there's literally somebody who's kneeling down in front of the camera, just out of range, just holding up a dry erase board that says 12. <laughs> somebody screwed up one time and she, she said the wrong number. And... You could write 167 on that fucking thing, and that's what would come out of her mouth. Now, I swear to God, uh, if my policy would be, by the way, look, if someone gives someone a five, a six, and a four and a half, by all means, hold up a fucking 19 and a half or whatever, right. or 14 and a half or whatever it is. But if everyone gives them a seven, we don't need... 21. <laughs> I don't need right. that math. I don't need to hear you squeaking away on your dry erase <laughs> board. <laughs> and by the way, why not just get that chick to host the show? Because she's good at math, too. Yeah, so she's a little heavy set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, So you want sorry. the next bit of news? Yeah, what's going on? Um, Delaware's Republican Senate candidate, Christine O'Donnell. Do you know who she is? Mm-hmm. Pretty girl, right? Sure. The Wiccan one that everyone's going nuts on? She's a Wiccan? Well, she went on Bill Maher's show and said she was in high school. She was into the Wiccan religion. Oh, I missed religion. that. Something about a date occurring unbeknownst to her on like a Wiccan uh, yeah uh, 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 what do they call this they things? booted her that she was altered she was tossed out of her coven for not being heavy set enough <laughs> wow well that yeah. I missed well yeah. evidently she uh, is denying some uh, her LinkedIn profile saying that uh, there are false there's false information about her educational background on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and uh, she has said it is categorically untrue now, according to her LinkedIn profile, it says she attended Claremont Graduate University in California mm. and Oxford University in England. Mm-hmm. It's fancy, right? Sure. But on a 2006 resume, mm. O'Donnell stated that she attended Claremont Institute, not Claremont University, uh-huh. and specified That's that the... That's a bartending o- school? Uh, must be. Mm-hmm. Specified that the Oxford program was under the auspices of the Phoenix Institute. Oh, which, I see. Which, you know, that is like... Yeah. Like Ghetto University, USA. Sure, Phoenix. Yeah, I know. There are other people that do the like UCLA extension, right. which is up at like Universal City Walk or something. And they're like, I went to UCLA. They just try to, they, they did a little summer school, whatever BS at Harvard that's not really, and they'll just kind of dovetail it yeah. into, hey, I went to Harvard. Yeah, so she never actually got on her broom and went over to England? No. Okay. No. No, yeah. and she is saying that it was an unauthorized profile and is asking LinkedIn to take it down. Yeah. You know what I like now, though? One, one, one thing that happens to be going on, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe Hillary Clinton got it started and Sarah Palin's really bringing it home to roost. There was a time when we had a little bit of civility in this country where we kind of laid off the chicks a little bit. Not now. Like, you know, politicians are not. We didn't We didn't stick it to Lady Bird Johnson and stuff like that. And now it's Elizabeth like, Dole? that cunt Hillary Clinton, she sucks. And then it's like, the, the Sarah Palin stuff is just fucking endless now. And it's sort of like, at a certain point, and uh, call me old-fashioned, but um, I know they're, they decided to uh, throw, throw their, uh, their girdle into the ring. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, the spanks. spanks into the ring. That's what I want to think. But 
they are ladies after all. Can we stop calling them stupid and dumb and and evil and what have you? You, you know what I mean? Like, but I, what's good I, you for know, the you, goose is good for the gander. If you call a guy stupid, you call him dumb. I, I know, and I've I've had enough of that. Like, I don't. You know, you I you know, you can disagree with Hillary Clinton, you can disagree with Sarah Palin, you can disagree with Christine O'Donnell or or whoever. I don't think they're dumb. I just think you disagree with their politics. You mm-hmm. know, when, when did it become okay to just start calling everyone imbeciles and dumb and these, you know, I I it sort of started kind of with Reagan and it kind of went through Bush and then all these sort of uh jokes, these sort of Will Ferrell sort of jokes came about, but when did it become okay just to call everyone an imbeciles and, and then you're attacking and, like, the person rather than the issue and I think it's much stronger for one's case to uh, attack their issues how you blow holes in their uh, and dumb compared to who the fucking the guy who fixed your transmission <laughs> like yeah they're not the brightest guys on the planet but since we're politicians ever the smartest guys on the planet I, I, nay I nay mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure some guys, there were some statesmen that were smarter than others, and a lot of them, you know, founding fathers and stuff like that. I don't know that Winston Churchill was a genius. I knew he had a lot of resolve and a lot of character. That That's what I know. But I, I, I just feel like we're calling everyone stupid. We're digging into the chicks all the time. And, and now it's kind of like between calling people racist and calling people stupid, it's sort of lost its meaning a little bit to me. It doesn't. It's I, just dumb. It's just dumb. Now, speaking Thank of you. women in politics. Yeah. Republican candidate for governor of California, Meg Whitman. Oh, that cunt. <laughs> She's so dumb, right? Oh, God, that she's, bitch is so she's fucking <laughs> dumb. Oh, oh, I hope her fucking being... eggs explode. Oh, <laughs> Honey, I think her. her eggs have already dried up. Oh, you know, I'd like to fucking pull one out and freehand it with a fungo bat and y'all get one. <laughs> and then round the horn. Well, yeah. uh, she may not be far off Meg Whitman. Uh, yeah. if uh, Gloria Allred has her way. Because Mm-mm. Meg Whitman is being accused of hiring an undocumented housekeeper by the name of Nikki Diaz. What? Santillan? California. Santillan? I, I, I just love all the commercials where they have the ugly picture of the person. Right. And so they take the worst picture and then they pull in real tights. You can see like the pores in their nose and stuff. It's always the one where they're sort of laughing and they have a double chin or they look kind of evil. They're wrinkling their nose. Yeah. It's like, Meg. Yes, they're giving a check for like $10 million to some needy kid's orphanage. Meg Whitman claims to be behind education, but you wouldn't know it by her voting record. Yeah, they always take the evil picture of right. <laughs> like, are we that fucking stupid? Right. I guess we are. We're like, ooh, that lady scares me. I'm not going to vote for her. Yeah. Yeah, she she definitely does. Who's not look Meg attractive. Whitman up against? Well, I'll tell you. Mm. So, um, so this woman Nikki, this housekeeper, sure. her former housekeeper, right, uh, worked for the uh, Meg Whitman, who's a former eBay exec, for nine years, mm-hmm. and according to. The housekeeper's attorney, Gloria Allred. Sure. She was exploited, disrespected, sure. humiliated, and emotionally and financially abused by Whitman. Yeah. Well, That's listen. A lot. Well, let me explain something. Uh, first off, all housekeepers are disrespected because if I fucking just pulled my socks off right now and threw them on the ground and went, pick them up, here's $9, pick them up, and walk them over to the hamper. Well, that's disrespected. Like, the job of being a house cleaner, like, you know, hey, I'm going to clean out the kitty box, then I'm going to pick up some jack rag your teenage son left uh, on the fucking bathroom floor, then I'm going to scrub your toilet. Yeah, that's the gig. That is the the gig. gig. 
And uh, and here's the other bad part of anyone who's thinking about being a house cleaner for a living or housekeeper, you don't get paid a fucking king's ransom Let for me tell picking you, up she the did jack rag. Twenty three bucks an hour. Well, it's not a king's ransom, but that's, that's good dough. That's that's solid dough. Right? You ever, you ever feel bad for like I don't want to say yelling, but like admonishing, perhaps if someone does, if your husky does something wrong over and over, like oh I can't, you broke this, like you, you yeah. can't put this upside down over and over again, like right? Do you have like a guilt associated with that? Um, it's I, a weird thing with their employee. They should they should be doing things as they're supposed to be done, right? Yeah, there there is the not breaking things. There is the one like I had my housekeeper. Um, they come once a week. They tag team my house. There's two of them. And I have this, <clears throat> when they gaslight me is where I, when I go insane. I have a, uh, I have a, <clears throat> at the time we had the little kids room, the nursery. And it had sort of this changing table sort of thing right by the back door. And then my workout room is sort of off that back door. And it's just, it's just a room filled with boxing equipment, a padded floor and a jump ropes and just all sorts of workout bullshit. And what I'll do on occasion is if I'm bringing something into the workout room, and the workout room has a sort of gym locker that's filled with baseball bats and softballs and just anything sports, cleats, anything, it's all there. And so what I do sometimes is instead of going outside and bringing it in there, if I'm going to bring it into the workout room, I just sort of set it by the door. So the next time I go out there, I'll, I'll bring it with me. I had my softball mitt. I set it on top of, evidently, set it on top of the kids' changing table, which is right up against the doorknob, essentially just right on the door there. So thus, the next time I or someone else headed into the workout room, they'd throw my baseball mitt in there with all the rest of the sporting goods. A couple months later, it's like, hey, softball game. All right, where's that mitt? Open the cabinet, not in there. Search the workout room, not in there. Search the basement, search the call closet, just tearing the place. Like, where's my baseball mitt? Like, I know it's in. I didn't leave it at the park. I, I searched my car trunk. You know, it was a few months down the road. It's like, search ever. Um, <clears throat> the maid had taken it from the top of the changing table and put it underneath the changing table mm. behind a bunch of diapers and shit. It was that sort makes of sense. It was sort of like, well, if it's on the changing table, I guess it's going going to the bottom. Literally buried it behind a wall of huggies. Uh, and I was like, why would you put my baseball mitt under there? Like, why wouldn't you put it in the fucking room that's filled with softballs and bats and ba- and other ba- you know and cleats and all that kind of stuff? And again. They're not thinking. It's just kind of autopiloty. Like it's sitting on top of this. Thus, it's going underneath this. So once in a while, I get gaslit that way, and I and I sit there and I realize I tore my car apart. I tore. I yelled at my wife. What do you mean? Don't lie to me. Where are you hiding my mitt? You know, I accused Jay of hiding it. And you know, you stole it and blah blah blah. Did that move where I went and did the cursory check of the cabinet in the workout room and then went back subsequently three more times. It's got to be in here. Where's my baseball mitt? And as Brian knows, a baseball mitt, you can't just go to Big Five and just go grab it. It's been oiled up and worked up and, and par- your hand. car parked on it overnight. And like, on top of that, you're left-handed. Right. So there's only a limited number of people I don't, you can borrow I, from. I, I do not get my pick of the litter. So, uh, yes, that kind of stuff drives me nuts. But uh, 23 bucks. 23 bucks More an than hour. fair. And All Red claims that Whitman had all the clues that she was an undocumented worker. Of course. 
Sorry, I have a little stuffy nose. They're on all. Of course, they're undocumented. Who gives a fuck? And but but that Meg Whitman closed her eyes to it. Well, yeah. So you asked who who Meg was running against? Oh, yeah. It's Jerry Brown. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. He's done such a fine job for the state. Oh, he's going to get this state right back on its feet. I know, so, Jerry. He was a guest on our show once. I don't care. He's horrible. Well, on Tuesday, Whitman and Jerry Brown were in a debate, and Jerry Brown said that empl- uh, employers should be held accountable for hiring mm-hmm. undocumented workers. Look now, out. according to TMZ, the housekeeper says that working for Meg was a nightmare, to which Meg says this is just sleazy politics. Listen, I want people to be nightmares to their employees. That's what I like. I, 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 don't, I don't know anything about Meg Whitman. I, I, I know something about Jerry Brown because I've lived here. He banged Linda Ronstadt in 1974. That's what I know. Here's all I want. I want some angry postmenopausal bitch who ran a company to take over California and just fucking run it like a company. Uh, like a business. Just, just run it like a goddamn business. Totally. That's all I want. I'm so tired of the I fucking feel more. good, and we got to take care of everyone, and all this bullshit. This there's this we're in the gutter, we're bankrupt. I don't statistically, if you take a look at California, I think we may be first or second in the country in terms of a deficit, and we're just in a fucking toilet. I just want someone to come in with some fiscal responsibility and just get this place back running again. Thank you, Bob. Well, you know what happened yes. with, at. Uh, in Bell, the city of Bell. Yes. I'm sure that's going on, by the way, everywhere all the time. Well, in summation, people are giving themselves very handsome salaries, like way beyond what any civil well, servant should. This is why I don't this is why the, the raising of taxes is fucking insane. Like, hey, we should raise taxes. So what? So the school systems will get better? How about the lottery? Hasn't that helped the school system? Like, yeah. the influx of money doesn't change anything. It really fucking doesn't. Makes the, I think it makes out, people more corrupt. I, they're like, oh, there's more money that I can abscond with. Of course. Just fucking get to work, everyone, and stop asking for money, douchebags. And, and, and listen, I don't want to hear another fucking bleeding heart saying, how are the kids going to feed themselves? They don't have school supplies. Go fucking down to the 99 cent store, buy some fucking mac and cheese and a number four fucking pencil and get the fuck to work. Or is it number two? Number two. Whatever. Buy, two, buy two, two. Two number twos. Buy two number twos, <laughs> tape them together, make a fucking number four and get the fuck to work. And stop complaining. Oh, they don't have access to... They don't have... It. Just get the fuck to work, everyone, and shut the fuck up. Would you? All right. Should we bring our guests in? Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll do the rest of the news later. Let's bring Sounds With Tracy Metro, coming up. Bill, good to see you, my brother. Yeah, always a delight. Bill is uh, going to be playing uh, tomorrow night at the uh, Egg in Albany. And uh, we're talking about the egg. You formally just opened for people at the egg. Yeah, big time acts at the egg, and uh, now finally I get to go there and see if see if I can sell more tickets than the guy who sweeps up the place. But I think I think the tickets are actually selling well. I just had a special come out, so sure. Uh, how many how I'm, many people does the egg hold? I think like eight or nine hundred, and we're wow, up. It's a good we're, we're up. Place. We're up to seven hundred. Oh, that's so good. So I just got to push through the last two hundred. Yeah, you'll make it and walk up. Yeah, that's right. Uh, come out there with my Elvis scarf. Scarf on, tell yeah. my last joke, wipe off the sweat, throw it in the crowd, and now, I'm done. How much time will you do with the uh, egg? Probably like an hour and ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and will you have someone open for you? Yeah, uh, uh, Joe DeRosa. Oh, Joe, I don't know yeah. who that is. Joe DeRosa, uh, the, he's the teen idol of this next generation. Really? Really good looking guy. Oh, oh. 
No, he's actually, the only no, he isn't. He's oh, really? Missing Pig? shoulders. Wow. He's not even missing shoulders. You know, just know the meat in between uh-huh. your neck and your shoulder. Yeah. He doesn't really have those uh, what are the collarbones. Whatever mm-hmm. the collarbone meat is attached attached to, he doesn't have it. Yeah, no traps. traps. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> he's yeah. trapless. Yeah, but he's got plenty of jokes. He's actually oh, really? one of my best friends in this business, so I'm psyched to work with him. And now, uh, how does it work? You give him a little little taste of the door. Absolutely, I'm very, I'm generous. I'm you not, are. I'm not one of those tightwads who uh, makes you go down the street and stay at a Super Eight. You stay in the same hotel with me, right? And then we uh, we booze it up afterwards. It's a good yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, comics and boozing up, Greg Giraldo passed away. That was going to be one of Tracy's stories, I guess, uh, coming up. We, by the way, will replay our podcast with Greg, uh, I believe, for Monday is how we're going to do that. Um, was he a friend of yours? Did yeah. you know him? Yeah, I've known him for like uh, 15 years. <clears throat> I still, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of in the shock state of it. He, he was a really, I, I didn't know him well. He, d- he did the podcast a few times. <clears throat> he kicked ass on those roasts. Yeah. It was really just a really funny guy. Um and then an interesting guy wasn't <clears throat> he was like he's mixed ethnicity and his, someone was a scientist or a professor or something I yeah he, I went, to, say, he went to Harvard he went he to Harvard no Did he really he grew up in New York when it right. was New York was New York when it was like uh, oh I think his dad worked for the airlines or something I'm just putting these piecing these things together but he went to Harvard he got a law degree he's really accomplished smart interesting guy yeah and then became a comedian and was. Uh, you know, killing it. He was like a comics comic. We all used to watch him. And if he had a special, we'd all watch his specials. And he was uh, just a great guy. And I still, I, to be honest with you, I can't believe it. And when I heard the news that he was in a coma, I was just like, all right, this is going to be it. This is going to be the thing that turns him around. And uh, I, yeah, I, like I said, just, you know, because I live out here on the West Coast, I don't see him that much anymore. So I'm just kind of feeling like he's just on the road right now. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's an awful, awful thing. It, it's um, <clears throat> I, it's that sort of Mitch Hedberg thing. Like Jesus, why do the you know? Yeah, these guys go. So it's never the hacks. I know. You know how how no, about they, how about they might you kill know? themselves too. You just don't hear it. Yeah. He was <laughs> he was only he was really young, forty four years old, and uh, according to his representation, <clears throat> it was not a suicide attempt. No, but that he OD'd and his drug of choice was prescription drugs. And of course, he's best known for Last Comic Standing, where he's just so likable, good-looking guy. And how? How? Uh, but he was clean for a while, right? I mean, did he, was I, I he shouldn't sober really talk about this because I, I don't. I don't. I know he struggled with it, and he was. He's a great guy. He was a great comedian. That's all I know. I don't know any of the details of it, but uh, other than it's just uh, shocking, absolutely shocking. And it's so weird how people are wired, and this is. Basically, what what you know what I'm going to tell my kid? I'm going to tell my kid, look, you can fuck around with drugs, but you may be a Fiat or you may be a Jeep, but you don't fucking know. I mean, you may be Len Bias or you may be my buddy Chris. My buddy Chris, you know, did an eight ball, heart stopped, had to get the whole, you know, Pulp Fiction adrenaline thing jammed into him. My buddy Chris is one of these guys. He's like, you know, he's half a wine. He's, you know, should have been dead 30 different times with the coke all those and the years speed. Out of, out and, the, with the kayak. Yeah. Up all, against the waves. Man. Paddling that wooden stronger. boat yeah. while the theme from Y5O played in the background. No, he's been run over. One of the few guys I know has been run over intentionally. Like somebody aimed their car at him and ran him over. Um, 
He could have been dead ten times, but he's just not. He's right. just one of those guys. And then there's like Len Bias. Like, okay, signs a big contract. Uh, or uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, signs a big contract by the Celtics, right? Yep. And uh, goes goes what, goes out and does a little partying the, that, that night. And Bob, dead at 22 or 21 or yeah. whatever. Well, I mean, whatever that, that was the story. Without, that was the first time. But I don't think he just... I, no, I'm not I, saying... I don't think I'm he not just saying that, a contract and go like, yeah, I think I'll go free base. No, now. I'm not saying it was the first time. Yeah. I'm saying maybe it was the 25th time. Right, right. But my right, buddy right, Chris, right. you could put two zeros on the 25 and you could add another couple of pounds of Coke and he's still fine. Right. He's right. fine. And sometimes you take a bunch of prescription drugs and you do what you know, you, you hear the rock and roll lifestyle and you hear about the Ozzy Osbourne stories and you hear about, you know, what Tommy Lee guy and all these guys did. And uh, uh, rest of the guys from Motley Crue, Nikki Six or whatever. It's like, eh, they're fine. And then there's Len Bias right. or Greg Giraldo and Danny Bonatucci. Uh, yeah, see, that's a shame. Geraldo gone, but Bonatucci's going to be doing mornings at Philly tomorrow. The point is this. I'm really going to tell my kid, like, hey, listen, man, you could do a fucking pillowcase of Coke and be around tomorrow, or you could do two lines and fucking... You're done. Going to cardiac arrest. Yeah, it's and probably I don't better know. just to tell him not to do it in general, because, yeah... It, yeah, yeah, but if I tell him that, he might do it. That's my thing. And here's the thing. I've asked Drew about, Dr. Drew about this a million times. You don't know how someone's wired. Meaning, like, you know, Len Bice was a world-class athlete. Well, I have to tell you that... that like what little I knew about what was going on like I, I just how, how I knew Greg like I didn't believe I was surprised when I always heard he had a problem because he was never I never really saw him out of it he was such a bright guy and I can't believe I'm talking about him in the past tense but it was just um, it's still just a total shock I mean if any I it just I don't know man it's uh, it's one of those that can, obviously can happen to anybody I'm like one of those people like because I don't struggle with addiction I was always confused by it but just seeing somebody you know, as talented as that guy, as smart as that guy, lose to it is uh, just really shows you. I don't know they call it disease, whatever they call it, but it's the I, pull of it is wonder, incredible. You know, sometimes when guys are really high IQ guys, they can get away with doing stuff. Like there's there's guys that are, it's that sort of Lawrence Taylor syndrome, which is they're such great athletes and they're right. so good at what they do that they can go out whoring and drugging the night before the fucking Super Bowl and still get two and a half sacks on Sunday. Like They know their limitations. Well, not only that, but they don't have like Greg Giraldo, maybe the guy's so bright, maybe the guy's so funny. I've met him a few times. We had him in here. It never seemed like anything was going on with him. Um, versus when, when you'd see... Um, well, it wasn't like now that this Courtney has happened, Love. people are going to act Love, like he was you. a guy who was always out of it, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He just had no. a, he just had a couple of periods, like a like he go on a bad run, and then he would be fine. And like when I left New York, he had a sponsor and everything, and he was sober and he looked great. And I didn't hear any stories about him missing gigs or anything, anything. And right. it wasn't until like the last six months. That I, I heard that maybe he was starting to get in rough shape again, but you know I just hope with people seeing this that, that they're not gonna that he's gonna get defined like he was this guy nodding off on corners. He wasn't. He was in clubs, absolutely destroying. And all of us comics, we all watched him and have nothing but respect for him. That's no, what I just never sucks about something. I like never this even happened, heard you know? that about him. But and he just uh, the way they found him is that he failed to appear at a gig, 
And then a friend went over and uh, and found him. Yeah, he's supposed to be at the stress factor. Yeah. Anna Nicole Smith could not get away with doing drugs. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, you know, like, oh, my God, something's up with this person. Maybe Geraldo, sadly, was sharp enough to do it. But, uh, again, I never saw it, and I never heard it. Like I, I said, it was just so it. people don't start painting the guy out like he was this dude on the corner. I don't think the they're going. Was, I don't think they're going to because I uh, never really. I'm naive. Yeah. But I, I don't have a drug problem. I have a red I think he wine just problem, he had a but, couple of bad stretches, and this was the last one he had, and it ended up mm-hmm. like this. But other than that, he was a total professional. And like I said, he's like one of the, one of the you know comedians. We don't laugh at anything, but he's one of those guys. If I knew he was coming up and he was on stage, I, I would always watch him because it was just a list material. It wasn't hacky. He just was, uh, you know, had his own voice, and uh, yeah, it just sucks. Sad, yeah. And uh, again, Mitch Hedberg. Like, uh, as a matter of yeah. fact, um, you know what? I don't want to. Bill Burr, not a fan, because uh, every time I announce, <laughs> <laughs> I normally just hate stand-up comedians. But once I go, that guy's funny. It's like, so, oh, did you hear what happened to Bill uh, Burr? Yeah, so it's bad. That's with me, like uh, with musicians. Everybody, I, John Bonham. Yeah, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I was into it. Sure, it's just like yeah, yeah. Never seen, but I, I, I think that was a good point. That I, I don't think that the hacks, when when they die, I don't think anybody <laughs> gives a shit. So nobody tweets about it or writes an article. That one guy from yeah. Millie Vanilli who killed himself. I was always into the one guy. <laughs> Is that Rob or Fab? I was into Rob. I was on, Fab was a hack, but Rob, he was a dude. Artist. He that now Rob, that guy, yeah, he shouldn't have killed himself. He just waited a little bit longer. He would have been fine because back in the day when we were coming up, when you were finished in show business, you were finished, and now you can just do a show oh, about God. being finished. You can just do a show about it. Yeah. Look at me, I'm finished. Right, <laughs> right, right. Like, that's why I think Kathy Griffin is a genius. Right. She has her own TV show saying she's on the D list. It's like right. you have a hit television show. You're killing it. Right, it's a hit. There you go, exactly. It, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, look, it, look. you could either go see Dr. Drew or you could pack on 20 pounds and do some sort of celebrity chub club, whatever yeah. it is, or just get your own reality show where you attempt to get your career back. You know, we follow MC Hammer around. He sees if we can get a record makeover. contract. Yeah, get a, a get a makeover. I mean, yeah. there's really... There's there's so many fucking channels now. It's impossible adopt to adopt a not... bunch of kids. Yeah, <laughs> just spr- sprinkle them around you and just shrug your shoulders like that'll be the promo picture. What did I do? You yeah. remember? You remember this person from Eight Is Enough? This fall Saturdays, MC Hammer. Yeah. Now was it Rob or Fab who uh, took his own? Uh, uh, who knows? Took his own life. <laughs> was it Millie or Vanilli? Yeah, but yeah, there's no reason to do that anymore. Not with Doctor Drew. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah. All right, so uh, Bill, let's talk or talk about uh, lighter subjects. Lighter, lighter subjects. Um, this whole uh, uh, the, these miners that are trapped <laughs> over there in uh, Paraguay, boy, are they still thirty-seven down souls uh, two miles beneath the no. I, yeah, they're and still they, down and, and there. They they're just down dropping there. school lunches down to them every they day. They drop, they slide the hot pockets and cigarettes down there. And uh, and they watched like soccer or something. Yeah. Now, see, I would have a sense of humor. I, I but believe first off, my buddy Ray would definitely throw a rat down that thing <laughs> for fun, or they, he would. Uh, there's no doubt he'd be farting down that thing. <laughs> just hear. I would be the guy. 
coming down. I would be the guy losing my shit, and people would have to <laughs> shake my shoulders. For Christ's sake, get yourself together. Those right. 1950s backhands to right. my face. I would go nuts down there after a while. Like, let's just fucking dig ourselves out already. Well, was you know the 1950s were a great time because you could backhand a woman and she would thank you. You could backhand her and then have sex with her. And right. That was considered calming her nerves. Yeah. Give her, and also there was a, uh, also if whatever ailed you, you could get a shot of brandy. Like you could have a piece of rebar sticking out of your side, and you'd be like, ah, I've impaled myself on this rebar. Hold on. Take a nip of this. Yeah, this will help your nerves. <laughs> and now, Stitcher Radio presents your Adam Carolla Extra. All right, Tracy, you have one more bonus Stitcher story for us? I do, and this is for all the Glee fans out there. Ugh. I mean, hey. Do you hate it? I don't know anything about it. I, Watch I, one episode, you'll be hooked. Uh, that's what I'm, I, then it's like saying try heroin. You'll be hooked. <laughs> I don't want to be hooked. Um, it's so cheesy, it's fabulous. I love Jane Lynch. Oh my God, hilarious. I just love She's her. She's the be- best thing. She did my movie. I did an independent film. She did it, and she didn't Called have the to. Called the hammer. She did it. She didn't have to. She was awesome in it. I'd never met her before, and she was sweet as could be. So, I, and, and I've talked to her many times since then, so it couldn't happen to a better person. Well, this is, story is not about the funny and fabulous Jane Lynch, but it is about the not terribly funny or fabulous, in my opinion, Britney Spears. Mm. You a fan of the Brit? No. Me either. I don't feel like she brings... Here's... I'll tell you my Britney Spears thing. I need you to be either an incredible musician or an incredible songwriter or just look amazing. Be or, incredible or, in some or way. Or have some chops. Just fucking be able to belt out a tune. I don't feel like there's anything there for her. And I I just, I, I know I just sound like Pops Corolla here when I say, I just feel like she's concocted in some kind of lab. I remember about five, eight years ago, I turned on the TV. It was like, Britney Live, HBO special. She ran up a flight of stairs. She's like, oops, I did it again. But she ran up, you know, during during her whole stage thing. She literally sprinted up 30 stairs to get to the top. It wasn't out of well, breath, right? Couldn't hear her voice change or that thing where you, huh, huh, or even a little right. fart come out. Like, okay, <laughs> listen, it's clearly... Lip sunk, fine, but let's not broadcast that it's being lip sunk by you running up a fucking flight of stairs and not even hearing you breathe. That annoys the crap out of me when they do that. Yes, and by the way, that should be illegal. It should literally be illegal. I mean... Oh, actually, you know what? It's false advertising. Somebody sued before over this, which is if you pay money to see somebody perform, sing their songs live... And you hear a recording of their songs, that ain't what you paid for. So true. Truth in advertising. You know, the infomercial world, it has to be what they sell and they show on the air has to be exactly what. And she's not hot enough. Uh, She's just kind of a a figmentation of our imagination. She's like put together. I don't love her. She's all right, but But the generation that uh, loves Glee. Sure. Loves the Britster. Of course. And there's a character on the show called Brittany, and apparently they had a little something, something going on, and uh, it was such a huge hit, that episode, that they're talking about bringing Brittany, Brittany back. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, the Brittany episode was bigger than the Madonna episode. Well, the thing that's insane is 
when you hear about like top grossing performers of 2009 and you're like, uh, well, let's see, Jay-Z made $51 million and Britney Spears made $39 million, And you're like, I, doing what? Wasn't she just like getting her head shaved and drooling and dragged out of like, what the? She has one new song. I now? don't know how anything works. And then people will go, she has a fragrance. And you're like, what? She sold $30 million worth of that shit? Like, I, how does it work? What goes on? I have no fucking idea. I'm waiting for John Hyatt Knight on, uh, goddamn, I'm waiting for, uh, either Nick Lowe, Dave Edmonds, uh, Elvis Costello, John Hyde or Graham Parker Knight on Glee, and that's it. I'll not stop riding Fox until they pick up at least. Okay, here's what I'm going to tell Alan you. Alan Parsons. I only knew one person that was Elvis Costello out of that entire uh, list. I know. Well, it was part of the joke, actually. Oh, I missed it. Well, that's the point. Mm. Missing the joke. Is the point. Mm. Well, the point is, is they're obscure. That's why they're yes. never going to. Well, I was hoping that I was going to be, be a, in on the joke. Yeah, but apparently I'm just like the rest of the other. Never heard of Nick Lowe, huh? No. Mm, you ever heard of, uh, let's see, uh, Girls Talk, uh, not Girls Talk, uh, yeah, Cruel to Be Kind, the song? Truth be told, I am wow. really bad at music. No shit. Like, if you sing the song, I'll go, oh, I know that. You gotta but- be cruel to be kind. Mm, so far, nothing. Wow. Give me a sec. Did you grow up on an island somewhere? I did. What country are you The from? island of Tracy. Just listen to this part. Okay. I know this song. I totally know this song. Of course you do. Yeah. Okay. See, I told you I'm a total music retard. This song's so good. It's a good pop song. It's a feel-good song. Oh, Jesus. So yeah, this fucking is tired of hearing Paul and shit and John, John Cougar Melon Fuck and all that shit. I'm going to hear some Nick Lowe. And Girls Talk's even better song. But anyway. All right. That is a really good song. Thank you. That was see? a really good song. I, I brought did. you around. You did. You did. But see, and that's the thing. Like, I'm so bad that you said all those names and I probably even knew music from all those people. I guarantee uh, I could find you a Dave Edmonds song that you've heard of and I could find you a Nick, well, I just played you Nick Lowe, Elvis Costello, we know. Yes. Graham Parker's going to be, I could find you a Graham Parker and I could find you John Hyatt too. See? But there either way, they'll never anyway, be seen on Anyway, they're not going to be seen on, <laughs> seen on Glee, but no, and Britney that's why maybe I'll not and... be seeing Glee. Thank you. All right, that was Adam Cole's show 418. Tell us about Tracy Metro. Well, she... How did I know her? I guess Just from she, the radio show? Yeah, I think I just know her from the radio show. She was trying out for the job. She was one of the competing people. She did the news there. She was Tracy Metro, the news lady, which is kind of perfect, I guess. Uh, I don't know why Metro has to do the news, but it just feels like it does. But uh, I, she, she was... She, uh, people thought she would get the job. Adam seemed to not like her, even though she was great. Kind of sing-songy on air. And then she had, like, a costume. She's, like, a super upbeat, happy person. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't have, uh, like any darkness. Tracy, tell us about your stepmom. I don't have one. My family's perfect. Yeah. Very. I mean, look, maybe there's stuff we don't know. Yeah. yeah. But she's just not broken enough to really, <laughs> <laughs> really fit in on that show. But yeah, very sunny, happy person. I think I would see her at Her glistening just... teeth were too much for Adam in the morning. Yeah. And you know, 
I remember, so we were both auditioning for hosting jobs around the same time. So I would see her at auditions and my oh, that's agent- so crazy. Like an actor, you guys must all see each other and have your types you run into all the time. Yeah. Like, always at the same jobs. Like Paul Walker and Mark Paul Gossler, Zach Morris, and the dude from the Fast and the Furious movies were always at the same jobs. I had no idea until I learned it on podcast. Yeah, there was like, you know, a dozen girls that were always auditioning for the same hosting job, maybe more like 25. And so I, I'd see her at those and my- Agency was one of the few agencies that handled hosts. So, you know, she, my agent did after Tracy tried out or, or she, maybe she filled in or something. My agent confided that, um, she'd gotten a submission from Tracy Metro. Back in those days, you had to send your reel, like you had to send a VHS tape. And oh God. Tracy Metro had a signature color. It's actually come so- back around to that now, though. Now they want self tape again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although now you can upload it, but yeah, yeah she, it's high def, and you're looking even worse somehow. <laughs> this is all. This is very. This this is Tracy Metro in a nutshell. And I say this from a place of admiration. She had chosen a signature color, like she was already interested in branding before that was even a thing. Indeed. So when she submitted to my agency, she sent her tape in like in an like uh, an orange envelope mm-hmm. because that was her color. Yep. Like instead of just your basic Manila. Like a superhero, Adam observed it quite often. He was not—he was not—he was jealous and angry about it simultaneously. Right, because it's just something like a really sunny, happy, optimistic person would do. Like yeah. Adam and I having a signature color and custom envelopes, just not happening. <laughs> our signature color is black or whatever color the clothes are on our floor. Right, but I think I think she was very competent at the job. Good at oh, the yeah. job. Oh, she knows her radio formatics. She's she's awesome. She knows all that stuff. But now radio's dead. <laughs> But that's right. I know. I'm so glad I so glad I dreamed of going into that business. That radio's so dead, AM's on FM. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. But uh, yeah, those Bill Burroughs, Tracy Metro, Brian Bishop, 2010. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Teresa will be joining us once again for tomorrow's episode. Make sure to pick up a copy of Teresa's book. It's also available on audiobook. It's titled Making It Home, Life Lessons from a Season of Little League. Introducing Just Calm, the breakthrough new stress-busting formula from Just Thrive. Just Calm's exclusive mood-lifting blend is clinically proven to help you relax and breathe a little easier. That's right. I recently suggested this product for a friend of mine who's feeling a little bit of extra anxiety lately. And guess what? It has been a game changer. For next level of mood and immune support, check out the award-winning Just Thrive probiotic. It has 1,000 times better survivability than most probiotics and banishes bloat and constipation so your gut can produce more serotonin. Plus, it supports better sleep. Yes! With Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic, you'll have the ultimate stress-fighting duo to help you win the day every day, all with a money-back guarantee. So right now, go to JustThriveHealth.com and use code LADYGANG20 to get 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm. That's like getting a month for free.